Let us stand firm against any and all arbitrary authority that threatens the personal sovereignty of one or all. That which will not bend must break, and that which can be destroyed by truth should never be spared its demise. It is done. Hail Satan. Yo, did you hear what class she said? She said, pay the fuck attention because class, class is, in is in session. Yes. What's up, everybody? Yo, yo, yo. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy Soul Invictus. Yes, it's been a busy, 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 busy month, two months, three months for Satanic Study Hall. And it does not look like it's slowing down. No, it does not. not Anytime at all. soon. Anytime soon, yes. And that's what I fucking love about this podcast, our listeners, uh, all the crazy shit we've gotten involved <laughs> with lately. Um, the last uh, two hours before we recorded this episode. Yes, we, we, we raise the bar high every time we meet up. It's, um, Bill, you put me back in school without the tuition. Without the tuition, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I haven't invoiced anybody yet. <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, said yet. All right. So once again, welcome everybody to another edition of Satanic Study Hall. I am one of your humbled hosts, Bill Rohr, and today I am joined by a table full of socially distanced degenerates. And uh, we'll start with this guy right here. I'm Johnny Voorhees, and I am also a member of the Satanic Temple and some somehow a, a host of the show. As well. As well. I'm Matt Lake. I'm a random guy on the street. They tied me to a chair. Somebody please help me. And don't fucking move either. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Matt. We'll, get, we'll, uh, we'll introduce you formally. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard you on our virtual headquarters special. We'll tap into that in just a little bit. Yeah. And sitting next to Mr. Matt is... Father Al, bless you, my children. I am a member of the Satanic Temple as well. And last but not least, I am Veronica the Valedictorian, sometimes the smartest person in the room, with Always. the exception of today. Not really. I said with the exception of today, Al. That was a dramatic pause Always. before she introduced herself to the kids that shit. <laughs> yeah, I did. I think she was waiting for me to do one of my little quirky things that I do, like, oh, and sit next to Al is... Dramatic pause. Yeah, I was just reading the agenda. I really wasn't paying too much attention at that <laughs> I point. I never pay attention. This segment sponsored by Rumpelmans. My bad. <laughs> And uh, sitting next to Veronica is Belial the Baffinet. Everyone Belial. say hello to Belial. Hi, Belial. Our baby. I don't know if he's a baby anymore. He's getting fat. He's getting he is big. Getting fat. He's fighting all of us regularly. Your, your cousin Eros says hi. And um, before, if anybody's just joining uh, this fuckery that we call a podcast, um, the Baffinet, <laughs> B-A-P-H-O-K-N-I-T, he is a stuffed or crocheted or knitted or whatever the fuck he is, Baphomet. Uh, and he is a little bastard. Yep. 
<laughs> running around class, causing all sorts of chaos and interrupt us when we're trying to focus and study. What the fuck, Belial? We love you, yeah, though. Yeah, but we love them, yep. Anyways, uh, so that's who we are. And if you want to get in touch with anybody here on this rotating bench of degenerates, you can do so. <clears throat> Excuse me at satanicstudyhall at gmail.com. That's the quickest way to get our attention. We'll dive into social media and how to specifically get in touch with us on all of those ridiculously data-mined social media platforms later on in the episode. So, um, yeah, what is Satanic Study Hall? Satanic Study Hall is a podcast where we explore Satanism from its inception, which we have to do better on. We've been doing a lot of modern-day shit, so we are going to commit to getting down with some inception type Satanism, um, some real history and diving into that in this season and beyond. So look forward to that. But from its inception to modern day, we dive into news and entertainment. We do movies, uh, movie reviews, book reviews, um, all types of stuff. Music but reviews. Music reviews. Yes, me, uh, that's right. Johnny works very hard yeah, with his music I reviews. I do work hard, God damn it. And it's been, what, three episodes since we've had a, a music review that Ooh, you've been a part of? Maybe, I did a, Maybe we'll do one soon. I tried. I tried yeah. with Aria. I, Queen, Queen went well. No, it did. It, it went very well. It wasn't. Did it? It, it did. It didn't have the Johnny okay, flavor, it but. It was, it was well done. It well was done. well done. So, I need Professor Johnny here to teach me music. <laughs> And so, like Johnny likes to always say, I'm like, what do we talk about? Satanism. Everything satanic. <laughs> Everything satanic, And yes. that's, that's what we kind of try to do. Um, and we go off on plenty of tangents that are completely unrelated, uh, especially on our Patreon. If if you subscribe to our Patreon, then you might get about 7.3% Satanism. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's, being, and that's, that's being gracious. That's, yeah, it's being very liberal on the uh, the pens- yeah, it's on, on the Satanism scale. But, but uh, we do love our patrons and every yes. single member of the Goat Farm. The wrestling ones are very Satanic. Yes, and our, our Patreons, by the way, if you want to consider oh, donating. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dig it. Cream of the crop, you intercontinental <laughs> champion, yeah. <laughs> Taking this podcast to places that's the kind has of has never been. That's the is that the ultimate warrior? It's a warrior. Well done, yeah, Al. He stepped right in and shook the ropes on that <laughs> yeah, one, did. didn't he? Running down in the fucking ring. And he blew up before he even the bell <laughs> rang. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, um, so we talked about how to find us, but what I was saying about Patreon, if you want to consider supporting the podcast, you can do so at Satanic. Um, patreon.com slash satanic study hall we have three different tiers one's a 333 tier where by donating that you will get an envelope full of stickers a welcome letter to our degenerate club who just hit the table not me oh see crickets no one's thrown up to that shit he did it of course it was (laughs) running around our desks yes but we also have a 666 tier that's going to get you a composition book with a, or a satanic study hall Satan. composition book, a satanic study hall pencil, a pencil case, even more stickers and um, shout outs on the podcast and access to all of our bonus episodes as well. And third tier is our $20 VIP super. See, someone did it again. Fucking satanic level. That level gets you a one on one Zoom meeting with the cast a satanic study hall t-shirt and everything that I just mentioned below and a guaranteed shout out on every single one of our episodes when we go over social media. So that is how you can consider supporting these degenerates you for some reason listen to on a bi-weekly basis. We love you and appreciate any consideration and just you being here listening to us. Don't we, Johnny? We do. We do. We love you. 
Tom Hanks. <laughs> Bob Saget. Yeah, Tom Hanks, if you're out there. <laughs> Subscribe to our yes. Patreon. You can afford it. Yeah, and quit being Come a on. fucking Scientologist. God damn it. <laughs> he has a new movie coming out, doesn't he? I saw him yep. running run around the woods chasing some girl in a trailer on YouTube. Oh, that sounds great. After he just played Mr. Rogers? How dare he? It sounds like a Saturday night for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sounds like an average night for a Scientologist. <laughs> I don't fucking, know what that. I don't know what that is. Yo, Scientology. I just started getting into the whole uh, series on Netflix. You started getting into Scientology? Okay. No. All right, all right. Damn it, Veronica. <laughs> Context. You have to wait till someone's finished speaking before you blast them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, teacher. So what I was going to say is that that, that woman from um, King of Queens, Rhea, Leia, Remini. Yes. Yes. She's got Lea this Ramini. thing. She's and actually a kind of personal hero of mine. A it's little bit. really yeah. fucking impressive. I'm an episode deep and yeah. I'm, I'm sold. Like I'm really going to tap into that and try to dive in with some of the stories that I heard already just in the first episode or out of this world. Fuck Scientology. Yeah. Ooh, fuck it. Just a little. She does just to plug this a little bit. She has an awesome episode with uh, Joe Rogan out on YouTube. I still think it is. If not, it's on Spotify. Please find it. Listen to it. It's really, really good. The second most awesome podcast behind Satanic Study Hall. <laughs> I want to smoke weed with Joe Rogan. Just a little. No, not a That's little. A lot. I want to smoke a lot of weed with Joe Rogan. Everyone wants to smoke weed with Joe Rogan. The Fear Factor guy? Yeah. He's got the most successful podcast on the planet. Really? Most certainly does. Good for him. Absolutely. Most successful podcast so far. So far. Behind I don't, Satanic I don't know. Study Hall. Satanic Study Hall, I mean. Look at look what we talk about. We're going to hit our glass ceiling eventually. <laughs> give, us a, give us a year. I mean, a music review again. I mean, you're not going <laughs> to. Anyway, anyway, Matt, how are you? <laughs> but before we get into Around the Room, I do want to ask our listeners uh, one favor. So if you're listening to us or have access to Apple Podcast Reviews, or if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast platform, we request a review. If it's a one-star review, I mean, we're going to read it out loud anyways because it's probably going to make us laugh. But if you're going to blast us, make it, you know, Tell us how we can tell us how we can fix our shit or or make us laugh. Um, But no, we we want the feedback. And if you support the podcast and have been with us, you know, on this journey that we've taken so far, uh, a good rating on Apple Podcast Reviews will help other like minded people find this podcast and suggested podcast or just with their whole algorithm. uh, Good reviews help us expand our reach. There's really no other better way to say it. So. What the fuck are you guys whispering over there? You're going to get us in trouble. You're going to put me in detention. I'm in detention. <laughs> What's the secret? Do I have something on my back? No. I've been Johnny bad. put another fucking kick me it's on my back again. It's only a kick me sign. See, Don't. I knew it. All right. All right, I've been so a bad, bad boy. Apple Podcast Reviews, hook us up or don't. Um, we're going to read them either way. Uh, and I think we're going to start officially reading Apple Podcast Reviews on our next episode. So, yeah. Uh, do it. Uh, do it. And now, do Johnny. Do it. That's right. Blasa did it too. You hear that? Um, so b- right now, before Johnny actually knew exactly where we were going with this, so it's around the room. How the fuck are you doing? Time. So who's starting? I guess I already asked Mr. Lake how he was doing. So you did. So Matt, you want to kick us off? I'm still tied to this chair. Somebody, please, <laughs> please help me. <laughs> By the time this goes to air, he'll be on beyond help. <laughs> it's just as well. How am I doing? I'm living the dream. 
The unfortunate thing is it's that dream that you get when you had too much to eat late at night and followed by a lot of cheap red wine. So it's that Uh-oh. dream. I've been living here, I've been living here for about 30 years now and I don't know what to do. I'm still tied to a chair. Somebody help me. <laughs> Patreons, you do have the studio's address if you can get here quickly. Right. What about you, Johnny? Me? Well, I've, uh, as you may have guessed, I haven't been on a couple of episodes. Uh, that's the reason for that is because I've been, you know, depressed. I don't mean to bring the room down, you know, I'm trying to have fun here. I, I'm just trying to be honest. You know, I've been depressed and, you know, we went to court for, you know, stuff that I've talked about before with the landlord uh, last Thursday. Things seem to have gone well. Things are getting better. And, you know, I'm back. And I'm happy to be back. And I'm happy to be with all you guys again. And, you know, it really makes me happy to be here. We're happy to have you, man. Absolutely, you. We got your brother. back, buddy. Wouldn't be in Always this classroom forever. without you. I want you to know that. No shit. And it is not really Satanic Study Hall without Johnny. It's no other way to put it. We do our best to hold it down, but you know, well, there's no place I'd rather be than right here. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> oh, really? That's right. You see what he called me? It was cute. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Val- <laughs> v squared. What's going on with you? <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. It is going fantastic. Uh, just doing a lot of, uh, you know, holiday shopping, shopping for all of you degenerates. Uh, you know, honestly Ooh. enough. Um, I just want to remind everybody in this time of, uh, you know, it's just not a very secure time. Please shop at any local small business uh, you have access to. That includes any favorite restaurants or bars of your choosing. Um, This is a hard time for everybody until this, you know, vaccine gets out and our lives get back to normal. Please do your best this holiday to support your small local businesses. I don't mean to spend, you know, most of this plugging my activism, but 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 please do it. Um, when your neighbors suffer, you suffer. Uh, and I've just taken the majority of my week to support businesses around here that I really like. Great job. I love the sound of that. And she's right. It's, yes, she is. I know a lot of us are in really weird situations financially or from a timing standpoint. Our plates have been over full since, you know, late February, early March. But supporting the local community is absolutely important. And um, very satanic. And very satanic, especially, right. especially, you know, you know, we, we talked about this on our Patreons and our episodes before and just how, you know, much of a squeeze that's being put on, you know, small businesses, bars, restaurants and do what you can. Um, and again, that's why I say that, you know, do what you can. Um, you know, we're all getting the, the hammer down on us when it comes to being creative with making ends meet and coming up with ways to live our lives and, you know, fulfill our obligations. But thank you, Veronica. I'm really glad you brought that to light. And for all of our patrons who haven't checked out one of our latest episodes, we spend a good deal of time talking about local Delaware County businesses and satanic friendly businesses that we've worked with so far. Um, so check it out if you haven't already. Um, thank you, Veronica. Thank you. Father Al. All right. Well, I may be a little quiet tonight. I got in some trouble. Our substitute teacher, Sydney, and I got caught in the janitor's closet. I knew it. God damn it, I knew it. Let's that just, was you? Jesus. Let's just say Headmistress Olga found out, and my ass is a little sore. <laughs> so I'm not going to be too talkative tonight, 
because I have to replace the donut every few minutes when it gets a little too warm. Oh, no, we won't talk about what happened to Sydney. <laughs> oh, there's a lot to talk about, but not here. Not here. Uh, skip it. All right. Matt, Matt Lake is here with us tonight. Is he? Is he? <laughs> is he still here? Yes, is he still by, conscious? Apparently, apparently by here. force. Hey, he's hey, here. There, here he is. Here he is. What about you there? Uh, it's like, uh, right oh, over me. There? I usually yeah. get away with it. People forget before it comes down to me. Uh, what's new with me? My biggest struggle lately has been balancing the 30,000 things on my list mentally for the holidays and podcast and VHQ and, you know, my dad's affairs and all that stuff. So that's been kind of um, interesting, but nothing I can't handle. I just got to get creative with how you, you know, tackle it. One of the hardest things amongst all that though has been focusing at work. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Going through the motions and, and actual focusing on a task more than 10 or 15 minutes before I slide back into the other thousand oh, things yeah. that are on my mind. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. been my biggest struggle. Um, and I feel bad because you know, there's a lot of shit going on at work right now. You know, it's retail and holiday season and mm-hmm. inventory prep and third party inventory. If anybody can relate to that, it's fucking hell. Um, but you know, doing the best I can. Um, that's all you can do. I don't want to beat myself up too much when it comes to it, though, because just like you said, you know, there's always tomorrow, and as long as they don't fire me, I can try tomorrow and get a little bit more done. There you go. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Um, I'm really excited about virtual headquarters. There's a lot of effort from this team going forth on that, and uh, I think you're going to be surprised. And I will note that we just fucking killed a Krampus Carol. <laughs> <laughs> No, it took four tries, but we did it. Yeah, I mean, in, in a lot of people's situations, I'm sure it's like eight to twelve. So our it's fr- called music class for a reason, Johnny. Class, it's a class. It's a class. We take a class. We get better. Yeah. So our friend Matt Lake here um, actually has a book full of Krampus carols, and we chose "Decked in the Halls." Uh, and and we submitted. We we sang it. We have a little video to it that you're gonna see. Um, hopefully as a categorical winner in the contest, but we are submitting it for the Satanic Temple Virtual Headquarters Cramp or Satanic Carol Contest. And we chose to submit the Krampus Carol because it was perfect along the lines of our VHQ presentation. So if you haven't seen it already, uh, check it out. You'll find it on all of our social media. Um, by the time this episode airs, it'll be on Patreon and be everywhere that you can find Satanic Study Hall uh online so that was a lot of fun yes it was that's the end of my what's going on with the bill rant um (laughs) we do have a little bit of business to handle um before we get into getting to know our guest matt a little bit better um so if al if you could like release the restraints just a little bit so he gets a little comfortable before he uh answers these questions bring him Um, just a sip of water (laughs) (laughs) yes it's really tightly on the the water fountain um, hot water sucks. Don't drink the water from the water fountain. <laughs> you you, you got to go into the east wing to the teacher's yep. lounge and yeah. sneak into the refrigerator. Yeah, it's got the V on it. That's yep. the water you want. <laughs> the good water. All right. <laughs> the, the good shit. The good shit. The good shit. All right. Smells like alcohol. So as far as business to handle, uh, I do want to shout out a couple of um, people that we've been working with lately here on the podcast. One, uh, shout out to Dark Art Depository. Our friend Retz at darkartdepository.com is still pumping out designs on a weekly basis. He is keeping his lineup fresh uh, and looking great. It's absolutely uh, beautiful stuff. Yes, I hope my Secret Santa, like, 
their gift because I got it from there. Yes. And it looks like, um, you know, I said secret Santa. God damn it. Let me say that again. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Yes. I got my present from uh, my secret Satan present from dark art depository. I hope they enjoyed it. And then, you know, Rhett's got awesome stuff there. Yes, he does. Yes. Uh, and again, just like I said, the inventory keeps growing. Uh, it is t-shirts, shoes, leggings, backpacks, hoodies, jackets, Anything original artwork. It's awesome. It's it's got the occult and satanic vibe to it. Uh, one of my favorite shirts is you know fuck racism and be kind hail Satan. Two of the best designs that I personally like. But he's he's coming out with some really really good shit. You know what I like though? I like hail thyself because I like hailing myself when I do good things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You should hail thyself. Thank you. You should too, Bill. Sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so check them out um, on social media, Dark Art Depository, or online at darkartdepository.com. And then, as usual, you want to really plug our friend Sean over at Misty's Coventry. Sean. That's M- Sean. Yes, that's M-H-I-S-T-Y-S, Misty's Coventry, C-O-V-E-N-T-R-E-E. Yes, spelling class. I did good. Um, <laughs> Veronica already put me on blast on that last time. Just a little. I have to. I have to spell it out because some of our listeners have struggled finding uh, Misty's Coventry without me actually putting it out there because of its unique spelling. So, what can you find at Misty's Coventry? You can find a whole bunch of um, occult type stuff, um, arts and crafts. Um, there's Baphomets available. Really cool Christmas ornaments now. I'm sure at this point it's going to be post Christmas, but if you want to stock up on next year or just add to your collection. So again, check out Misty's Coventry, Misty's Coventry.com. It's time to introduce our guest who is the wonderful Matt Lake, author of Welcome Matt. Night of thank the Madness. I'm you. so excited for this. I can't tell you how excited I am. I've been telling Bill <laughs> since the beginning, like, we got to talk to Matt Lake. And uh, now it is happening and um, definitely happened during the HQ, which was really fun. Um, so I am going to yeah. toss this to Bill for a little bit just to introduce some introductory questions uh, to Matt Lake before we get into our book review, um, our other questions, and our awesome music review by Johnny <sighs> Voorhees. Now, before I get started with the questions, I do want to make sure our listeners get the chance to hear how did you first become aware of Matt? Because uh, that was yes. one of the very first things when I met you, um, even before you knew you were ever going to touch a microphone on the podcast, you, you, you know, you were just talking about, I guess we were just talking about dark folklore and he came up. So how did your relationship with Matt begin, which allowed us to feature this awesomeness on the podcast? So it actually does take place uh, this time last year. Again, like you said, before I touched a microphone, before I knew any of you lovely degenerates, um, me and my best friend, attended a um, public library local to Delco, um, a public library event where Matt was hosting. And I believe the first one was an open mic where people in the community just yes, kind of show was. up. Yeah. They yeah. read their short stories, their poetry, their skits <laughs> in oh, some yeah. case. Uh, Matt got to read a few of his works. We were lucky enough to, you know, exchange literature and have a conversation and talk about Krampus a little bit and kind of the more haunted aspects of Delco. And then me and my best friend Haley did uh, later attend a few lectures at the same library really? hosted by Matt. So that was really um, spooky. I, I think we'll get into the topic of those lectures, but 
Most likely will. Yeah, I just I basically I hang out at libraries and I'm, I'm not strapped to chairs in the studio. <laughs> We've untied him, by the yes, way. Yes, we have. He is free. He's still just here. His, just his arms, not his legs. Still uh, so I will get into more continuous questions about that. Just I, I do have a few questions about uh, the importance of accessibility in public libraries and oh, right. just what it means to you to do those lectures that meant a lot to, frankly, me, my best friend and everybody else I met uh, in the community those nights. That was, you know, a really big surprise for me. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I, I can launch into it as and when you're ready, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Just wind me up and I'll just keep going. All right. Uh, we'll, we, we'll get to that. But Bill? Introduction questions? Introduction time. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Uh, so once again, thank you for being here, Matt. It is great to have you. Thank you for uh, the awesome interview at Virtual Headquarters. It was it was great. It was phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> everything came together beautifully. And um, yeah, not much more to say than thank you and, and, and hail thyself for everything that, you know, you put into um, this little journey with us so far. Uh, so we're going to we like to start things, you know, a little bit vague and generic and kind of fuddle down into the topics at hand. So before we get too um, enveloped into the books and Krampus related material, um, I kind of want to start in the beginning. So you did mention to us uh, at virtual headquarters in the interview um, that you were born and raised in Birmingham. Yes. Um, so if you can kind of take us back to growing up, um, maybe there's the first two, the first two questions are, you know, around what your childhood was like and what your experience with religion was like growing up. So maybe we can kind of merge them together and um, see where you can take that. I knew it. I knew we had a Southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, people from Yorkshire think that I'm a Southerner and people, yeah. from, and people from London think I'm a Northerner. It's Birmingham, Alabama, right? Right. Yes, that's what I thought. Exactly. Oh. All right. I, See, I'm geography back. I'm, back. I'm already on target. I've got a disabuse of one thing. It's Birmingham. It's not Birmingham. Oh. It's Birmingham. Birmingham. Because, because, you know, in, in my country, uh, when you start a word, you basically just mumble to the end of it. Okay. So you, you, you start with the initial letter. There's no such thing as a syllable. But, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm Birmingham. <laughs> Where are you from? Birmingham. 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 Yeah, there's, yeah, it starts with a B and then it just ends with a B. <laughs> That's where I'm from. Um, uh, Birmingham is where um, a whole lot of industry was. So it was, it's, a, it's a profoundly you know, sort of uh, uh, noisy place. Um, in the 1700s, they said that any idiot can get a, uh, in a, could get a job in Birmingham. And so my grandfather did. And, uh, and so that was how we, we came to be there. We were peasants to begin with, and then we were factory workers after that. But um, uh, we, it's, it's an interesting place because it, it, you know, it, it sucked people in. I say it's an interesting, it's an interesting place up to a point. A uh, whole lot of people in there. Uh, from all initially from all across the country and then from all across what you know, the then failing British Empire. So, yeah, the, 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 there, were like, there were Jamaicans there, there were people from Pakistan, Kashmir, India, uh, not in my neighborhood, but you know, sort of, you know, they were there and it really it, it became part of the wallpaper. Um, and because of that, yeah, you know, when I was growing up, I was listening to music that. You know, I was listening to Scar because it was on the radio because there were a whole bunch of Jamaicans around. Uh, and so I was listening to that and then I was listening to chamber music and I was listening to, yeah, it was like everything, everything was there. It's, it's, it's a very, um, it's a real melting pot of a place. 
And uh, so I was there and I was going to libraries and I was really trying to avoid, I was trying to avoid the home life because there were just too many boys there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you did uh, mention a little bit uh, your older brothers. I, I have I have I have three brothers and then I went to an all boys school mm-hmm. uh too damn much testosterone so you know I, I was you know I was surfing the wave of testosterone myself of course but I, what I wound up doing was spending a lot of time in the library spending a lot of time listening to uh, music spending a lot of time reading stuff from different cultures and just you know being everywhere I was all over the libraries and that's really it's still a great passion of mine you still are all over the libraries as it turns it. out <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that was me just knocking the table there. That wasn't table wrapping. That wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't a message from beyond. It was a message from just slightly below the microphone. Um, and um, you, you, you mentioned what was my experience with religion growing up. Um, uh, my par- my grandparents, all of my grandparents were, were quite, um, uh, uh, quite uh, uh, religious. And that really skipped a generation or two. <laughs> yeah, my my parents had their fill of it. They knew the uh, they knew the uh, the they knew the they knew the the work. They knew the law. They you know they they picked what they liked, and that was really all the you know all the uh, the key bits of you know treating people with respect, doing unto others, and um, um, and you know really not putting yourself you know before anybody else. And um, that was stuff that was, you know, it was part of the wallpaper. Like I said, we did not attend any any congregations of any kind, um, except when I was hanging out with my paternal grandmother, <laughs> uh, who was a weasened little old woman who was, uh, who was uh, you know, she belonged to this, like, very, very tight chapel group uh, and um, would, you know, would uh, basically, you know, sort of um, say, you know, things like, uh, Matthew, I don't want you drinking when you grow because, because pubs, pubs are dens of vice. <laughs> you don't, you don't, Beautiful. you do not tell a 16 year old where the dens of vice are because they go in there and they're expecting a little more than a, you know, sort of a cup of warm beer. So, you know, yep. it, and that's all, that's all that was going. Oh, that and salt and vinegar crisps. Uh, other than that, Ooh, so nice. like, I went in there, I went in there going, hey, where, can I have some vice? No, <laughs> you can have mild or bitter. May I procure a vice in your establishment, sir? <laughs> yeah. Where's all the sin? I don't see. <laughs> That's right, and it was yeah, it's basically a quiet little place where you know so the people who were underage were drinking very quietly because they didn't want to draw attention to themselves, and then the old couples were drinking very quietly because we're all English, and uh, it, was, it was just this real, it was like someone's living room but with this you know drink that you buy from somewhere instead of you know, getting out of the cabinet, um, and that's what it's like growing up in Birmingham. Um, one of my favourite uh, uh, things about Birmingham, as I mentioned, was its you know, multiculturalism. Around um, around my teenage years was when the first wave of second generation ska came out. We all grew up listening to like Desmond Decker and David Ansel Collins and Prince Buster, mm. uh, who were people like these recordings made in Trenchtown in, in in Jamaica, and they you know so they they got they came to us through. Uh, places like Hansworth, which is a district in Birmingham. I was actually born in, but I never lived there. And it was very, very uh, redolent with um, uh, with uh, Caribbean culture. So, you know, we heard that. And then the second generation of Scarlet, people like um, the English Beat, or the Beat, as we call them, uh-huh. uh, they're from Birmingham and um, from fairly nearby the Specials and the Selector and, you know, the whole two-tone label thing. So that was, that was all over the place. And... Um, 
One of my favourite things about listening to the beat on the radio uh, was, uh, I think it was probably Dave Wakeling, who's the, the lead singer and guitarist there, said, um, you know, so we're from Birmingham and it's it's the largest, uh, second largest city in, in, in England. And uh, so you'd think it'd be interesting, but it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, except well, Ozzy Osbourne's from there as well. Actually, he's from Aston, but, you know, it's close enough. Um, <laughs> Where did you see Aston? Aston. Yeah, like, yeah, there's one in Delco, and it was named after the one that I found. I live with. in that one. Really now? I live in Aston. Well, the I, inferior my Aston. First, my, my first job was in the original Aston, which was about five miles north of Birmingham City Centre, and that was where HP Source was made. That was my first I moved job. to the rip-off Aston. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's the it's the uh, tribute band Aston, and it's uh, it's fine. Wait, <laughs> so, there's a band af- named no, after this. No, thing? well, it's a band named after Kansas, isn't it? No, shame, sir. Definitely. No, I was just like it's like a cover band. Yeah, the the, the Aston Delaware County is like a it's like a, a cover band for the Aston in Birmingham. No shit. <laughs> I've I've once again learned something I did not know prior on this podcast, Bill. Stick, that's right. Stick around at study hall. Come on. That's right. That's, that's what it's a, all about. Right, so obviously we touched you live in England. So I was wondering, you know, how did you make your venture across the pond, as they say? Well, there are there are there's basically just three reasons. Yeah, one is you're yeah you're you're running from something, uh, or you're uh, you're you're looking for money, or you're looking for love. And as it turned out, I I found love, and uh, I, fe- I fell in love with this uh, with this Yankee chick. Love with and, you. Um, El- <laughs> when I say I'm in love, you better best believe I'm in love. L U V. There's little New York Belial's dolls there, right? Belial. Yeah, right there. I'll be respectful. <laughs> don't, Belial, don't. Yeah. So, no, I, I basically followed she who was to become the mother of my children across the Atlantic. Aww. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's what I'm in. <laughs> and she put up with me for almost as long as it took to raise the children. So. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, child rearing. What is the most noticeable cultural difference that you've noticed? What, just in general, mm-hmm. uh, or your favorite? Mm. <laughs> wow, that's a t- yeah. Oh, it, well, England. Yeah, it. it uh, <laughs> I remember you telling me about the Nick at Night classes, right. like like the like you know what I mean. What? So, to, well, yes, and the, okay. like, the, there's these weird. I'll let him mm. yeah, There's these weird like courses and classes you can take to adjust to culture. Yeah, and and then he was you know and when before we were recording he was mentioning them to me, so <laughs> I had to bring it up because it's fascinating. Right. Well, if you come initially, yeah. So if we, when I when I first moved here, uh, I was dropping references to like you know the Clangers and uh, and and Pogles wood and uh trumpton and all these th- all these things that yeah everyone that had been around me had watched as kids because yeah everyone watched there were only three stations on the television so you know we we had a, a common frame of reference mm-hmm. and i came in here and i was talking about pogles wood and uh yeah and and chigley and all these shows that I'd watched, and they didn't understand a damn word I was saying. <laughs> so then I had to stop sounding less like Ozzy Osbourne because I, I did tend towards the uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's not. It's not the drugs. It's not the brain damage. It's not because he's Aussie. It's because he's from Birmingham. We all, we all sound like that, and it's kind of embarrassing. But uh, it is actually, yeah. It's it's the idiot accent of the of the United Kingdom. Yeah, you know, there's probably one in America. I'm not going to point your fingers because you know that, that it's that will be cultural uh, cultural. Um, yeah, oh, you don't appropriation. I on do. My I don't know if yep. I told this story on air, but I did recently take a trip to West Virginia, and it was four of us, as my friends put it, uppity Pennsylvanians with one sophisticated Georgia boy. So at the end of it, after like three days of, of feigning a uh, sophisticated Southern accent, as they put it, I said, Clyde, you know, you want to give the Delco accent a go, you know, just after hearing all of us give our, you know, goes at Southern accents. And he goes... I do not believe I have that in me right now. <laughs> Veronica, that was beautiful. <laughs> Clyde is a beautiful, beautiful individual. Now, from a career standpoint, um, coming over to the States and whatnot, were you able to transition with what you were involved with in Birmingham uh, versus what, what you did when you came to the States? How did that work out? Um, one of the advantages of sounding more intelligent than you actually are by <laughs> virtue of not sounding like Ozzy Osbourne anymore and just adopting that, that, that received pronunciation, like generic English accent, people thought that I was smarter than I was. And I was not about to disabuse them if they were, <laughs> if they were going to offer me a job. Um, I had always, like from the outset, always wanted to, to uh, be involved in publishing somehow. I'd always wanted to write. Uh, and you are frankly very good at it. <laughs> well, it's it, this is um, this is the punk rock thing, you know. You start out and you just don't know what the hell you're doing, mm -hmm. and that's how I started out. But I started out not knowing what the hell I was doing, working for a magazine with a million circulation. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I caught up pretty fast because I really had to. Yeah, because I like doing things like you know not being homeless and and eating, you know these things that you know. The, the, <laughs> They're devoutly to be desired. And, uh, you know, I also wanted to keep this woman that I was hoping to marry. And, uh, and so, well, no, at that point, I had actually, we actually got married. So, you know, I just wanted to keep that on the up. So, you know, basically, I, I learned fast on the job. Um, I, I blagged my way, essentially. That's a British term. I, I blagged my way into, into a, um, Fairly low, you know, sort of low-level low job, but there was there were learning opportunities in it, in a magazine called PC World, which mm -hmm. was quite a big magazine at the time. I just and, learned a new vocabulary word. I mm -hmm. blagged my way into this podcast, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you too. Oh, God, no. I don't think that's a different definition of blagged. Blagged. <laughs> Did I use it correctly, Matt? You used it correctly. Yes. Great. See? Yes. All right. There you go. As you were saying. Okay. Yeah. Pass. Pass your yeah. Gold. Gold star on yes. your. Paper there, Ooh, another one. Ooh. <laughs> I'm racking them up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I started working for this computer magazine uh, on the strength of, you know, being able to string a sentence together. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, then, and then looking at really badly written uh, prose. And most of what came in was pretty, was pretty poorly written, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and making it read like English and making it accessible for a magazine audience. Now, I had to unlearn everything I learned about the English language to do that. Because magazine work, magazine writing is not like academic writing. It's not like English humor. It's not like English broadcast writing. Mm -hmm. Any of the stuff that I was familiar with, magazine writing, you, you, you start out saying what you're going to say. English people don't do that. <laughs> English people back notoriously back into ideas really vaguely. Um, and it takes a really long time to understand whether they, what point they've made, if they've made a point. <laughs> 
the 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 delightful woman of whom I just spoke. She who she. I'm like running through my... every uh, you know English comedians <laughs> who right. I love. You know, I'm mm-hmm. running through all of their skits in my head right now. You build up to something. You build up to a, you build up to a punchline, and if the punchline isn't very good, you don't notice. If a lot of them one. are very good. A lot of them are thoroughly enjoyable. I will say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My uh, my the, the mother of my children, of whom I alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. um, uh, she. she didn't realize that I had proposed to her because I was still acting like an English person and being, you know, sort of rather vague about it. And so, <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was some months later after she had not said yes. And I was still a little upset about it that she, uh, I, we had this conversation and she said, Oh, Oh, is that a proposal? I didn't realize. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an answer? Mistakes were made. No. <laughs> exactly. Passive voice. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, there was, there was, yeah. Yeah. So that was that. All right. So into the, you know, transition uh, into magazines, definitely. Why did you eventually decide to settle on Delco? Well, um, initially, initially, uh, the magazines that I was working with were out in California. And, um, you did talk to us a little bit mm-hmm. off air just about California. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, it's, it's a pretty easy, it's a pretty big, you know, it's, it's a pretty easy decision to make, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to live in San Francisco because you've seen a billion films in San Francisco and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, uh, you know, the city by the bay. So it's, you know, it was easy to do. I'd, I'd seen, you know, Bullet. I'd seen, uh, uh, the, uh, Star Trek Four. Yeah, I knew what I knew what San Francisco looked like. So I'm, yeah, okay, I did that. A view and to they, a kill. Yeah. They filmed Full <laughs> House there. Huh? What about Full House? And Full House. You can't forget about Full House, oh, except oh. for the fact that that was that was culture that I had to catch up on because that wasn't that wasn't in England. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's this true. is this was part of my my Nick at Night watching old reruns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cultural uh, cultural acclamation. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, yeah, so I had a couple of kids and then realized that the closest, um, uh, you know, sort of suburb of, uh, San Francisco that we could afford was in Delco. And, and, and so. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, well, we were kind of grandfathered in, yeah, sort of, uh, you know, she had family here. So, yeah. Oh, cool. And we had, and we had kids. So it was like, yeah, here. Meet the family here. Meet the kids, and uh, it was here. Meet the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> meet McDade Boulevard. Oh my God! No, no, no. Meet avoid, Wawa. Avo- avoid McDade Boulevard. Um, oh cost. Yeah, it's the only place I've ever been rear-ended. It's, it's great speed in a vehicle. So yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah, it, was uh, yeah. it wasn't bad though. Anything west of media, you should be okay. Should be. <laughs> We'll see about that. Uh, okay. So, uh, Bill, I mean, we can go into this right now. I actually think it's a really good transition point um, because you're an author of a few books, uh, yeah. one of which is Weird Pennsylvania. Uh, the other is Weird Maryland. And mm-hmm. the third is Weird England. Yep. Um, so I definitely uh, have picked up a few of those, but you have a new one in the works that I'm really excited about. About and I think we did mention media a little bit earlier on this podcast. Didn't you just say Western media? Anything Western media? Anything Western media? So, can you Mm -hmm. tell us about your new works, Matt? Well, um, we went from like regional Mm -hmm. way down to local for it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's a it's a book specifically about the uh, about media mm-hmm. uh, about the, uh, the the county seat of Delaware County Ooh, yes. it's like a, it's a square mile you know the, the research was you know fairly focused 
Um, except that it really wasn't, man. We covered an awful lot of ground. There were, you know, we had legit ghost stories from the 1700s, uh, right in that area. We had, um, uh, true crime from, oh heavens. I mean, yeah, sort of throughout the ages. Me, it's only been, it's only been around since, uh, 1850 anyway. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a place that was built to be right in the middle of the county so everyone could get to it and do their legal business. So, um, it Definitely. was, it was, just, it modern was just, day, you know, it's like a little, you know, it's, it's a little city that's not a city. Um, right. it's really cool. It's really aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Um, a lot of woods around it, a lot of really cool parks. Maybe we'll get into those a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot but, of good bars. <laughs> that too. Um, <laughs> but that is why I was particularly interested in mm-hmm. your newest project, which is oh, it's, it's it is called haunted media. It's media gothic. Is a the media name gothic? Of the thing. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, the um, it's basically you know, true crime, paranormal. Um, you know, sort of, you know, just yeah, that that dark side of things, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I've enjoyed since time immemorial. Anyway, so it, it just seemed like a natural fit. And um, last year, um, uh, an author who's a paranormal investigator that I that I've uh, known for um, uh, once again, we were paired in a library, and you've seen us together. I think me, I me, was me, in me, that me particular and, lecture. Yes, l- I was. L- l- Laurie Hull and I, mm-hmm. uh, we were we were randomly thrown together in a library, and we were kind of circling each other and snarling a bit because we didn't know. You know, I'd just been told. What do you know? No, I don't know what you know. What do I know? I know what I know. Do you know what I know? <laughs> uh, it was more. It was more. I was thinking, and I, I don't like to be snobby, but all I was told was she's a paranormal investigator. And she's I, so cool. I've met, a, and you two together. Oh my. My God. I've met an awful lot of flaky paranormal investigators. So yeah. I was thinking, I was, I was a little suspicious. And she had met people who were described as best-selling authors. And she was, <laughs> and she was thinking, oh God, dear, I've got to deal, I've got to deal with this like guy who's completely full of himself <laughs> and uh and won't let me get a word in edgewise he was only half right i was completely full of myself of course um but um we sliced up what we were going to do after we you know so I, I, how many stories have you got was the wizard yeah, so how many stories you got then <laughs> about five i said about five too um well you know what you got show me what you got and then we yeah and then we decided we would do it in a particular way so i started out with a because i had a human skull in a box um I and that's a great visual aid. If you lose the audience, they've got a human skull to look at. So <laughs> I, I, I said, I've, I've got this. It'll be yeah, it'll be a good gimmick. And she said, Okay, fine. So I, I, I started and I did the story, and then she stood up next and she corrected me on two points and added something else to the story. And there was a, like a little chorus of titters in the audience because they were thinking <laughs> she just showed him up. I thought it was hilarious and I'm thinking this could be pretty good. And we've been at the end of the at the end of the sesh there was this like double act going and uh, we thought, oh this is great. We should do this again. It's it's doubles the audience because we've got different audiences and it's no, easier. It and I it saw fun. people at that lecture, uh the Haunted Delco lecture you mm-hmm. did last year that I never anticipated, you know, my own aunt was there. <laughs> and we both showed up and it was kind of like, oh, my God, you're here. Oh, my God, you're interested in this stuff. Like, yeah, I'm interested in this stuff. You know, it's about like the first witch of Pennsylvania. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it includes that. It includes uh, witch bottles that are hidden under people's properties for like centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting stuff, you know, and you two did really compliment each other well. Oh yeah, well she, she doesn't take any guff from me, and you know, <laughs> the the only yeah the only yeah you know, provide my my daughter watched us do this. She's twenty five, 
Uh, she wasn't 25 at the time. She was probably about 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, she saw us doing this thing and she said, stop interrupting us. She's more interested than you are. So it's like, okay, right, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's actually you know, a perfect way to dive into um, our first uh, major segment of our episode. Uh, we are doing two for our listeners who have been missing Johnny's music review. Um, we are kicking off a little something special for you later on in the episode. But at this point, if everybody is cool with it, it might be time to dive into the book review of A Knights of the Krampus. Ooh. everybody what can i say i sure am glad you came my way let me take a minute or two and i'll introduce a book to you let's go <laughs> let's go reading is fun for everyone hail satan hail satan, satan indeed. indeed all right Come we are doing your own catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. All right. Night of the Krampus by Matt Lake, who was our guest tonight. Uh, we did talk a little bit about this. You wrote a children's book. Yes, oh I did. my God. Uh, one of my favorites. I actually want you to spend a little bit more time talking about the book and the inspiration for the book and what's in it. I can definitely, you know, talk about my opinion as well as the opinion of the illustrations done by our mutual friend, uh, James or Jimmy link yep um he is he went to the same college as me the university of the arts but he also like he he specializes in what would you call it matt like well, well see i met you met him in college maybe or maybe you knew of him from college i, I oh met- no he graduated way before me but he's definitely <laughs> got a distinct style that i really love it's very energetic and yep. horror driven yep um but like also really fun yeah. It's hard to do. He's absolutely right. Well, he was this I, – I met him as a, a – he was an eight-year-old kid. He was my neighbor's son. Mm-hmm. Neighbor's eldest son. He had two sons. Yeah. And so, you know, I just knew him as this, like, weird, weird kid who was always sketching stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I got to see some of it. And it was like, this is pretty good. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then he disappeared, went to the university. Arts. I was off doing stuff. As we then, do. As we as do. We disappear do. for four years. We come back uh, mm-hmm. different and always not for the better. Mm-hmm. But – Anyway, well, he 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 came back with yeah you know, more skills under his belt, and he's just a, he's a he's a great illustrator. He, he, he bangs shows it out one hundred percent. He mm-hmm. he's like so. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's so uh, prolific. I think oh, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. He does these uh, the Victorian fairs, of, of course. Like when we're past COVID, we will go get back to doing those Victorian fairs. Mm-hmm. But he has a booth. Um, of just uh, not only his fan art, but like original works. And it, it's just so cool. I think it was really perfect for the book. Because um, the book itself, the writing, let's talk about the writing. Um, it's really, really fun. I think uh, for all the adults in the audience, if you want to purchase a uh, children's book about Krampus for your kids, uh, The Night of Krampus is definitely where you want to start with that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I the the business of Christmas poems and Christmas stories, you know, they're they're, they're everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. and and dark ones are also everywhere. People sort of forget that, you know, the the, the redemption of Scrooge, you mm-hmm. know, which is heartwarming and and very very sweet at the end. You know, there's 
Four ghosts, didn't it? Yeah. It doesn't There's end death. with a guy get, or like a, a children getting hit with uh, birch sticks <laughs> and shoved well, into a sack. Not every, not every, not every story is perfect, of course. Um, <laughs> I rather like. I mean, I think I've, I've, I've gone into this before, but you know, sort of uh, not on this podcast though, so I can go into it again. Yes. Um, Krampus is necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, it's a season of light and dark, mm-hmm. and too much light and sweet. Uh, it's just not good for you. Uh, it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. The dark side's got to be there. And and Krampus is fair. This is the thing that really gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some Christmas monsters, if you will, some some Yuletide monsters uh, or Yuletide creatures that are that are outright creepy. I mean, uh, Grilla, the uh, the the um, the mother of the Yule lads. The mother of the Yule lads is a troll who uh, will uh, you know. It's not, they're not it's, she's not punishing children because they're bad. She's eating them because they're tasty. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's yeah, there's 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 no there's no moral to be learned from that. Your suffering for, is fun for me, children. <laughs> Do they taste like chicken? Uh, they, they taste like chicken driven. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> But um, and yeah. those beef Wellington egg rolls. Uh, oh. Okay, back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, if some, you know, it, it, you, some people, many people, I think, in groups at least, many people, they 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 need the threat of some punishment mm-hmm. in order to stay on the straight and narrow. Yeah, you know, there were just yeah you know, people who were like that. Mm-hmm. He's that. He is that threat of punishment. Mm-hmm. He's he's he is he is like an executioner, or he's like a jailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody has done something wrong and they need to be nudged into correction, that's what the Krampus does. He has a purpose. He's not an agent of chaos. He's not an agent of evil. He's not a he's not a fearsome creature. If you treat everyone else with respect, if you know, if you, if you basically do right, you're safe. And that is actually one of the things I banged in on this this story. That mm-hmm. you know, it was. Um, uh, I can let you in on a slight secret about it, if you wish. Yes, please. Um, it it is a story that introduces the the, the notion of Krampus to uh, to to small people, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of modelled on the elf on the shelf in terms of the structure of the thing. It is, oh, do tell! It's modelled. Well, it's, it is. A, it is. Are a, you referring to as specifically like appearing on mantles and by chimneys? And he does this. Yes, you can see him. <laughs> you and, can see you know, the little signs of his presence all over the house. Yes, you can, and uh, you know. You, you, you need to be aware of things. Mm-hmm. The elf on the shelf is outright evil, though. The elf, the elf on the shelf is evil because he is—he's not loyal. He's a snitch. He will—he will encourage you to tell him things that he will then, you know, tell to the big guy and get you in trouble. Yes. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> Snitches get burnt. <laughs> Times three. His Game of Thrones equivalent is my favorite character, Littlefinger, but we are talking about the elf on the shelf. Yeah. Um, the elf on the shelf actually makes two cameo appearances in the book. I don't know whether you even noticed that. I don't know. Ooh. I'm going to have to go through the, uh, yeah. the illustrations yeah. again. Ooh, oh, well, that's it was, fun. It was great. You know, I, I spoke with the right Reverend James Link, Jimmy mm-hmm. was he, 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 he worked, he and I worked together fairly hard on the illustration. I'd, I'd already mapped out. There needed to be ten illustrations. They mm-hmm. needed to be on a spread. They needed to be very colorful. Yes, and then and you did talk to us a little about the eyes and the design for the eyes. Can you yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about the eyes? Well, 
his initial character studies, the, the teeth were pointed and the eyes were kind of narrow, and he looked horrifying. I mean, mm-hmm. he really did. He was, you know, always looking at him and, and being scared. Um, and you can, can you see the elf on the shelf right behind the purple bulb there? We just, you know, somebody's just. Uh, <gasps> oh, yes, I do. Yeah. Oh, that's so clever. To- <laughs> oh, by the way, I do. There are a few pages I do have to, to tell um, all of our listeners. There are a page. I am going to nerd out a little bit about art, okay? Go for it. As I do. do. Go with but it. But there is an image of Santa's list in, in perfect uh, collig. Uh, Calligraphy. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Calligraphy, uh, but like scroll. I assume that Jimmy did all of those. It yes, does look absolutely beautiful. Like I'm looking at it yep. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it it fits so well. Uh, just as an illustrator myself. Um, wow, <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> it's and and the, the actual names on Santa's list. Um, oh, where did was, they come from? You have to tell me. Well, this this the, the, you know this thing. Well, you know, we we didn't have the money to put out a f- full color book. We 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 did a Kickstarter. So you know, <laughs> so if you if you contributed to the Kickstarter on a particular level, you got to, you got to be on the nice oh list. Oh my god! And um, of course, Jimmy threw a couple of Easter eggs there. He he, he mentions Beetlejuice on it three times, yes! which is. <laughs> he threw his own stuff in there, which was great. It know. definitely <laughs> appeals, not so. just uh, this particular, because, I mean, it is a children's book, I think. When mm-hmm. I definitely flipped through it the first time, I was like, definitely children's book. But, mm-hmm. you know, if it's not, this is for adults, too. I'm an adult. I enjoyed this tremendously. Oh, yeah. uh, the writing, the illustrations, um, the poetry. Uh, Look at all the eyeballs in the sack. <laughs> like all of the children looking out. That, that's one of my favorite details and all of the crazy faces that you see yeah oh gee like i yeah like i said you know i wound jimmy up and and, and he just he, he, he yeah but let him go. exactly what i was about to say was that this also kind of appeals to like hardcore horror fans as well um and uh something i didn't think about before i was introduced to Dark lore, specifically, I guess, dark Christmas lore. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you have a few great lines in here that's like, oh, you know, not only if you're bad, this is going to happen to you. But if you're a bad kid, you're not going to be missed. Once this, you know, <laughs> once I throw you in my sack and carry you off to hell, you're not even going to be missed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love how it kind of doubles down on the mm-hmm. retribution aspect. And it of makes, it. makes this, this, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, just go looking ahead, go at ahead. these illustrations, it makes me feel like an acid trip almost. Like, these yeah, are I've got a weird He's, hallucinogenic type vibe. No, like, I told you. Even beyond the children embedded into the sack. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the one. Yeah, right there. Yeah. No, the- his work is full of energy. And then with, yeah. uh, you know, Matt's writing to couple it, oh, I yeah. mean, it's. And the scene transitions too. And at the end of the segment, we are going to um, spoil our listeners and play the audiobook, uh, which is also on YouTube. But uh, it's it's going to be a perfect way to to end this discussion, which is not happening right now by any means. But uh, <laughs> I just wanted to let everybody know that you'll be able to to really dive in and check this out. Well, I was always told that you know, uh, and this is old printing law that you had to have thirty two pages. Mm-hmm. Well, there weren't thirty-two pages. <laughs> it used to be that you know, so the way Cheater. the way the way in which the way in which a a, a, yeah, a book was produced, yeah, you know, it had to be in you know in multiples of of uh, of eight, mm-hmm. and you know the the optimum was as uh, thirty-two pages. So I had thirty-two pages to fill. Jim did these great illustrations, but yeah, that was only about twenty of them. Mm-hmm. We had. Um, done a Krampus event the previous year in Baltimore. 
it was a party basically and they and they asked me to dress up as Krampus and and uh, and um uh just sit, basically just stand around for 3 hours and uh and uh, and have people photograph with Krampus. And I thought 3 hours is a really long time. To, I'd rather just to stand get around. my picture taken with Krampus than Santa. <laughs> Maybe it's just cuz it's like I'm at this point in my life. But, yeah. You know. What what actually tend, what actually happened? Different, funny, what? appealing to like more of a horror mm-hmm. audience and there are like I think people forget this but there are kids out there who the horror aspect appeals to them a lot more than like the fuzzy, cutesy stuff, sometimes mindless things you see today. Uh, does oh, everybody agree with me? Feel free to disagree with me. <laughs> I, I think a scare, mm-hmm. you know, a, a scare is is one of the best thrills that a kid's going to get. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you know, there's there's limited options. Is you know, child to child is kind of boring in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah. So you know. A bit of a scare. That's something that will stick with you. And I think that the, it's one of the reasons there are scary children, scary stories for children, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons that you know, so they're the ones that people, you know, they're the ones that people remember. Yes. So yeah, I, I yeah, I'm all over that for sure. Mm-hmm. I remember the uh, the ghosts in um, in uh, the um, Christmas Carol. Yeah, more than I did the re- the redemption of Scrooge. You know, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a plot. You that's definitely, a, you a, do that's a, remember. A, yeah. yeah, the third spirit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you wind up falling in a grave with your own name on it, as what might happen to you with a yeah. cloaked figure standing. What about you know, <laughs> ten feet above your head? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, this is this is all part of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hail Satan. And I thought three hours was going to be a long time just to stand around. And what would, what would happen if there's a lull in the event? You know, I, I, you know, you want, you want a party like that to go with a mm-hmm. bit of a swing. So um, I thought, well, it's going to be it's it's going to be a disaster. No one's going to show up, and we're going to have to try and keep things yeah you know, swinging. So um, I started writing parody carols, parody Christmas uh, carols, mm-hmm. and so I had a bunch of them. Uh, I thought, well, yeah, we'll throw them into that book as well. How, yeah, how many pages does that give us? And I thought it gives us exactly what we need. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get the things put on. I'll get the music put on the staves, and it'll just, yeah, it'll, that'll fill out the book. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, because I, I didn't account for one page, so I had a blank page. Um, and um, I, I didn't know what to do. I was, I'd already committed to the thing. Most of the book was already done, but there was one page that was just going to be blank. This page intentionally left blank. Well, I thought about that, but then I thought that no. <laughs> <laughs> um, we already had kickstart. We already had kickstart money coming in, so the, the project had to go ahead. And I was at that. What am I going to do? And I, I had no idea. And I thought, well, I'm going to go down the diner, and um, and. Um, Think, you know, just take a break and then come back and hope to be uh, inspired. On the walk to the diner, um, I thought, uh, yeah, "Why, yes, Virginia, there is a Krampus." And I, I, I start, I, I, yeah, I just, I just, I just chuckled it. I thought, "Oh, wait a minute, I could do that." And I thought, well, "Okay," so I, I decided I was going to do a, a a parody of that of that. Why, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus mm-hmm. um, newspaper article. And so uh, on the way down to the diner, I called it up on my phone and I read it. And, yeah, it was like three paragraphs. And I was thinking, okay, that, yeah, I, can, I can put that on a, a newspaper and that would be a good, a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I could just do a little word substitution and it would be perfectly fine. But it wouldn't. You know, there'd just be a cop out. So, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus is the most reprinted um, 
uh, editorial of all time. Wow. It, it's, it's, re, it's reproduced every Christmas and has been since it was written, which was only a matter of about 20 years after the, um, the Civil War. Oh, so wow. It, it was, and uh, as you, if you read it, I just this learned is, something. <laughs> Study Hall is the best, <laughs> and it's and 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 it's not written for children, really. It's a, it's a complex sentence structure. There's there's long words. There's yeah. deep thoughts in that in that in that um, in that uh, uh, answer to a to a child's question, mm-hmm. and it sets up this philosophical thing about you know sort of peace and you know sort of uh, and hope and how these are redemptive qualities that you should think about at that time uh, of that, that that time of year and so i thought well that's fine but <clears throat> uh the redemptive part is not part of what the krampus is about yeah the krampus is about punishment and how can you make that an acceptable thought? So I, st- I started you know, digging deep into it. And then I was thinking, well, you know, where are we now compared to, you know, if if we go back to the original, uh, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where did it sit in history? And it was really meaningful. It was, it was, a, it was, it was, it was a, a, a reaction to the Civil War. And then I look back at, you know, that part in history and uh, it was, you know, I, I thought we're into the yuppie. We, 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 if we go back the same amount of time, we're into the yuppie era uh, of, you know, sort of like people obsessively chasing money and getting away with murder because they're rich. Or right. n- not literally murder, but getting away with No, very, sometimes literally very, getting away with murder. But, no, yeah, you're well, right. getting away with very, very poor behavior right. because, they were, because they were rich. And I, re- I wrote a... Uh, manifesto essentially about why Krampus is necessary, mm-hmm. and uh, therefore, you know, that why why Krampus has to be has to be celebrated, and that was that well, that one page that came out of nowhere. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and the diner food was great. They thought <laughs> they thought I was insane because I was actually obsessively scribbling in a notepad and cackling. I mean, I was literally sitting by myself in a diner, cackling as I came up with another idea and was <laughs> scribbling it down. And it was—I think they were glad when I left. <laughs> as long as you tipped well. No. Oh yes, I did. They one hundred percent had fun, as we all have fun. Um, because, and I mean, I think Bill can attest to this. A little, I think we all can attest to this. But there's a lot of, um, you know. Uh, Krampus enthusiasm in the satanic community. Oh yeah, this uh, absolutely. Is definitely and, my first year. Um, I mean, this is my first year, kind of as a you know as a Satanist or exploring Satanism, introduction to Satanism, and um, everybody has an affinity for Krampus. I think that's kind of special. Uh, that's my opinion, just because it's it, it's my first year seeing people so passionate about another type of. Christmas lore. And Maybe it's, because it's the anti-Santa Claus. Well, it's kind of that, too. And I, I also think that, um, you know, which is one of the reasons why I'm glad we chose the topic for virtual headquarters. Because, I mean, there's been a ridiculous emergence in pop culture and entertainment with, with Krampus in the last 10 years or so. Right. And um, we have a bunch of people in our community that are hyper-interested in the fusion between Christianity and um what was what was paganism the really early uh, alpine tradition as uh matt has talked about a little bit on our interview in bhq right and then i mean i just think the basic level of understanding is i mean it's it's like you know krampus is you know the inverted santa claus and that's mm-hmm. you know and that's kind of i think that's where the basic understanding of krampus lies which is which is awesome why you see 
I mean, just alone, I remember somebody in the goat farm shared a ticketed event about Krampus. Mm-hmm. I think Kate shared it. And I mean, oh, yes, the there's a lot of event. events. Yeah. And I mean, just, you know, our general interest alone. And then, you know, the, the randomness of, you know, meeting, you know, Matt and, you know, you and how everything, you know, came together here. But um, yeah, but I, also now like diving in. OK, now this thing is popping into our line of vision more than we're used to. Oh, but yeah. also explaining like now Matt's here to explain the importance of it in yeah, this day it, and age. It's, it's, and it's beautiful because I think just like, you know, when we choose a topic for study hall and we and we dive in or we jump in, we 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 go into it with that basic, you know, level of understanding. Well, this is what I think it is. And then we we know we we you know dive into the world of um, you know, online research and and really, you know, immerse ourselves in the topics and then, you know, just like we're doing now with Krampus. Like before this, my personal basic level of understanding was Krampus, you know, I, I knew about the sack and the children and dragging them down to hell, but you know, the, the Birchwood switches and, and all of that. And, you know, just, you know, the history. And I had no idea about the, the, the Krampus runs and the cramp, the postcards and just, you know, all the, all the, all the stuff I've learned just by talking to Matt through VHQ and now. And I um, would have never thought about it on that level, you know, like either. just in the day and age of, of people getting away with what they're getting away with, like you said, mm-hmm. and, and it becoming like a parent to a new generation, like, no, the theme of retribution is, is important. Yeah. Um, and maybe something that we were lacking a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. in before. Yeah. All right. That concludes our book review. Matt, thank you so much. <laughs> thank uh, you. Jimmy Link, thank you so much for your illustrations. They are beautiful. So she barely said anything during that. Does that mean you're going to read my music review for me? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, she, she, she got out easy this time, yeah, didn't she? She did. Oh. <laughs> Vile agrees. That's right. She deserves it. She's been knocking them out of the park back to back. Oh, thank you, guys. I love Killing you guys. it. All right. Um, so, yeah, we are uh, going to take another quick break. Study Hall, we will be back in just a minute. Halloween's over. Thanksgiving has passed. The trees and the lights have appeared at last. In the stores, all the Christmas stuff's out on the shelves. The tinsel, the snow globes, the lights and the elves... And right about now, it can hardly be missed. The grown-ups start talking about Santa's list. Are you naughty or nice? They all want to know. And each time that they ask you, anxieties grow. You try to be nice, or at least, well, you should. But what do they mean? Because no one's all good. We all get annoyed and do things we regret, even grown-ups. And yet we forgive and forget. So what about Santa's list? Naughty or nice? Well, I'll tell you. But listen, I won't tell you twice. This secret has been kept for many a year. Santa just keeps the nice list. There's no need to fear. If you're basically good, you will get your reward. If you're rotten right through, then prepare for my hoard. For I keep the list of the naughty, I swear. Yes, I am the Krampus. You'd better beware. I assemble my list from close observation. I spy and I phone tap with great dedication. You may see me or hear me as I skulk about and know this about me. I'm no friendly scout. You'd better believe that I'm not very nice. I'm making a list and I'm checking it twice. And if you're on it, you'd better beware. I'll punish you hard and I won't even care. So, how will you know that you're there on my list? 
I'll show you some clues that you'll find hard to miss. Look around till you see me, up high on the shelf, and check out my hands to see for yourself. Am I holding a chain to be used for restraint? Do you think that that's good? Because it certainly ain't. I chain up the mean kids and laugh as they weep, and scare most of them straight as their parents all sleep. Am I holding some birch sticks? Well, that's even worse. If I'm holding some birch sticks, then somebody's cursed. Those sticks will thrash kids who are thoroughly rotten. If you see them, you'll know that I haven't forgotten. So there are your warnings, the chain and the sticks. If you see them, you'd better give up your mean tricks, because a beating's by far not the worst I can do. Say your prayers, because you don't want this happening to you. If you look round your house on a cold winter's day, and I'm up on the shelf, or your couch or duvet, look around or behind me, in front and in back, and see if I've brought my big crampusy sack. If I have, you're in danger because you've been awful, and punishment's coming that's cruel, but it's lawful. You'll be stuffed in that sack, it's so sad to tell, and I'll carry you off in it straight down to... Well, I think you're now wise to my place in the world. I'm the Krampus, and I know every boy and each girl. Most of you, Santa will shower with love. The rest of you suffer the Krampus's shove. So every year, on St. Nicholas' night, I'll come to your home, not to give you a fright, but remind you that I keep the naughty kids list, and no one who's on it will ever be missed. They'll be gone, and I think that is all for the best. For peace upon earth and goodwill to the rest. Guess what? The fun is over. Now we're gonna get to the downright evil stuff. Oh no! Gonna take a look at some of these satanic songs. Hail Satan. So coming back from break, we're just going right into the music review, huh, Bill? Indeed. Okay. With no warning, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say that this actual music review was a request of our special guest. Yes, and we'll get on that. I think Matt's going to tell us a little bit of a tale as we dive into um, this band. Who is? Who, who are we talking about today, Johnny? Today we are talking about the Vanishing Hitchhikers, and the album is called Tales of the Hook. All right, now the album was released on December 2nd, 2014. It's a folk type of vibe. That's what I get from it. And they're fairly local. They're from Baltimore, Maryland. Oh. Baltimore. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Uh, personnel is Melissa O'Brien. She is the vocalist and lyricist. And Chris LaMartina. Did I say that correctly, Mr. Lake? You did, yes. All right, great. He plays everything else. The guitar, the bass, the drums. And he is also part of the songwriting team of the two of them. All right, a little background info that I believe is correct from this band. Because it's hard to find material on this band. Because, they're you know, they're, they're local, so... I believe that the band's name came from the urban legend in which people driving in their vehicle stopped to pick up a person on the side of the road. Obviously, it's a hitchhiker. 
And then the hitchhiker disappears without explanation, often in the person's vehicle. And that's called The Vanishing Hitchhiker. Yeah. Uh, these songs were written in the winter of 2014. Uh, they were arranged in the spring and then recorded in early summer. Uh, these songs are folk style, as I said before. And, and uh, each song tells its own story based on an urban legend. Uh, the song that you just heard, that's track number one. That's Lover's Lane. Uh, this song is about pulling off the side of the road to that special secluded spot and finding you are not alone. Uh, it's a great sounding sample uh, in the beginning of a secluded area and opening acoustic guitar. It really starts off like you were sitting there in the car and it just got creepy. It just got that creepy horror feel to it. No, I agree. First, that's the exact vibe I got off of yep, the first the vocals, time I heard it. The vocals are amazing. Uh, they really fit the acoustic guitar well. Uh, the song eventually incorporates electric guitar and bass and drums towards the end. Uh, the song is very well constructed. Uh, I believe it has elements of the. I thought I, it was. I thought it was very cranberries-ish. Did, did you feel a little cranberries in there? A little bit. At From time. what I've heard, actually, yeah, I love yeah. the cranberries. Yeah, and, and I, think, I love folk, and this yeah. is perfect. <laughs> right. I think the lyrics are are incredible, and I think they paint a vivid picture in great detail as to what's happening in the song. Uh, track number two uh, is titled "Till Death Do We Part," another fantastic song of storytelling. Uh, opening great riff. Uh, really get your toe tapping. Vocals are top notch. They're on point. Uh, even reminded me a little bit of rockabilly in the opening. I, I I thought it was very reminiscent of REM in the style of music. Uh, the song starts off uh, mentioning a bride and groom, which I think are in love. Uh, but then uh, grief lingered its ugly head, and the marriage didn't go so well. And someone ended up in a chest in the attic. <laughs> yeah. The end. Marriage ain't in a bitch. Shit happens. Yep. Ain't in a bitch. But oh I, my god. Yeah, but I did love the lyrics though. Cut the cake and break my heart. Oh, Call yeah. my name out in the dark. Search high and low. Look through and through. Love those lyrics. I thought they were really good. Really told a lot. Uh, track three is titled "Thanks for the Gift." <coughs> uh, great opening with a thunderstorm. Uh, all the instruments together. Uh, this tale is about a hitchhiker walking down the street who is eventually picked up by by the storyteller. Uh, it appears this person wandering down the road in a storm is a woman. Uh, the person driving, who is male, I'm guessing, picks her up and, sa- and she says to him that she needs a ride to the other part of town. So he obliges. Uh, the woman then begins talking about reminiscing, or begins talking and reminiscing. Sorry, I did have something to drink. <laughs> uh, begins talking and reminiscing about kissing and car crashes of all things. It's a real keeper. Uh, and after a while, they pull up to the gate. Nothing on that? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'll try better next time. Kissing and car crashes. What did you want me to say? Kinky? No, Kinky, it, Johnny. It, it immediately... It, I started, say I, something! I started immediately thinking about 80s movies and, I don't know, those weird fucking scenes. I don't know. Sorry, Johnny. Anyway, they pull up to a gate, and the girl kisses the driver on the cheek, and then she gets out. Uh, The driver then notices that she left her jacket on the seat and gets out to try to return it to her, uh, only to realize that she's nowhere to be found, and the place that he dropped her off at appears to be a cemetery. uh, From the lyrics, I love Melissa's vocals and storytelling, especially in this song. Uh, To me, it seems like the perfect mix of bewilderment and shock. 
Um, track number four is titled Handsome Devil. Uh, it's the shortest track on the EP, clocking in at a minute and 12. Uh, but it definitely delivers on music and lyrics. Uh, the track is killer. It's a little folk and a little punk rock mashed up Woo! Yeah, into a fantastic song. Uh, what I got from it was uh, it's about a woman dancing with the devil and not realizing, not realizing it. And from what I can take from it, she doesn't really, she doesn't even care. She's too entranced to even care that she's dancing with the devil. That's what I took from the song. Um, more lyrics that I loved was they gawk, they stare. In your arms, I'm unaware. Dizzy and spellbound. Great lyrics and great music make for a great song, which this most certainly qualifies for. No, I fucking love that that moment. Like just like you said, when you're as corny as this may sound, but when you're in somebody's arms or you're in that moment, oh, yeah, absolutely, nothing fucking doesn't matter. You know what I mean? If you get that feeling that those butterflies, your, definitely the hairs on your arm standing up straight, nothing matters. Devil, no devil, doesn't fucking matter. Right. You guys are shaking me up. (laughs) (laughs) Track number five is Graveyard Angel. Uh, The song's beautiful. Uh, With the beginning of all the instruments together uh, and the wind, the sample of the wind, it makes for a great mix. I love the melody and the music, and I feel it it, it sets a tone like none of the other songs do. Like Handsome Devil, you know, it's not much lyric-wise, but the music and singing make up for it. Uh, It's the tale of two girls, um... Uh, I'm sorry, not two girls. It's the tale of girls, uh, maybe sisters who are supposed to be going to bed and sneak out to the graveyard on a dare. Uh, the graveyard is on the edge of a forest. Uh, apparently, the youngest of the girls rests her head on a tombstone of an angel with its arms extended, and when her body is found, her hair is turned white. Ooh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, track number six. And I think everybody can relate to this one. It's called Mirror Mirror. That's uh, another, you know, beautiful telling of the story. Uh, the vocals and instruments, you know, once again, set the tone and make this song extremely eerie. And it definitely gives you goosebumps when listening to it. Uh, the song tells the legend of Bloody Mary, uh, which is, uh, which I believe um, you go into a darkened room and you look in the mirror, uh, light a candle and chant her name six times. Yeah, you can't have any other lights lit. Right. I've done it. Right. She didn't come, thank Satan. But <laughs> that's what she said. I've done it. Ooh, ow, maybe that's not a good thing. <laughs> but um, um, if it's supposed to make a woman with red eyes and covered in blood appear, if you say her name six times in the mirror, or maybe Tony Todd will appear, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know who that is, that's Candyman. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got sure. that one, Johnny. Candyman, Candyman. He was in Star Trek a couple times. Yes, he was. Great, great voice. Need to get him on the podcast, Candyman. Yo. All right, so um, get on that shit, L. <laughs> but this album, um, overall, Johnny. I mean, wow, the yeah, storytelling. It's really, it's really good. That's what's sticking out to me. It's amazing. All right, so I mean, the Vanishing Hitchhikers' tell tales of the hook. Uh, the album definitely gets its inspiration from Urgent, from Urgent, I keep saying. <laughs> Urban. Urban. Tom Hanks. Urban. <laughs> Urban Legends. Urban. U-R-B-A-N. Urban Legends. We are in Delco. Urban as in the city. I can't read or talk. Uh, growing up, I don't know why you guys wanted me back here. <laughs> <laughs> we needed someone to finish off the schnapps. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> growing up, um, 
most if not all of us have heard some form or another of an urban legend and can relate to this EP in some way. You know, whether it be Bloody Mary, a hitchhiking ghost, or body, or, you know, bones or bodies found in a trunk, uh, the vanishing hitchhiker makes it come to life, you know, with great lyrics and great music, and to back up the beautiful vocals of Melissa O'Brien. Uh, these are the type of stories that are told when camping deep in the woods, uh, long drives, or at a sleepover under the covers with a flashlight. And at public libraries, oh, yeah. told by our own Matt Lake. <laughs> Beautifully you. enough. Beautifully Thank you for enough. stealing that from me. Oh. Fuck off. I <laughs> missed you, Johnny. Thank yeah. you, Johnny. I love Veronica. I love Sometimes. Too. They are the stories that you know, <laughs> keep us up all night, <laughs> checking under our beds as kids. Uh, the atmosphere is haunting, and I don't think I could describe it any better if I tried. Sounds like he just described Satanic Study all. Yeah. <laughs> we capture an essence. So do they. I don't hear Bill getting told to shut up. I'm just going to say, all the time. I threatened his life for the intro. That's right. <laughs> uh, they, I didn't threaten your life. Yet. 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 <laughs> uh, they capture an essence of these urban legends that can only be described as morbidly beautiful. Mr. Lake, what do you think? Ooh. That sums it up really nicely. Yeah, I, I felt very much the same way. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you validated my opinion. Yes, it's, <laughs> very, it's a very great album. If you can support the band, they are somewhat local. Mm -hmm. Struggling musicians. The album's only $6.66 off of their band camp. Very fitting, everybody. Yes. So please support them. Now, I'm curious, Matt. How did you come across um, the Vanishing Hitchhikers? And what about them kind of resonated with you? Um, well, the Vanishing Hitchhikers showed up to the first grade. This is so circular here. They showed up to the, the, the that Krampus event I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. and sang along with the Krampus carols that, that we'd, we'd written. And Chris LaMartina was really drunk, really loud, off key. And uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a beautiful thing. And, um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds like Thursday. And, uh, yeah, that's right. And right after that, um, they, it was a matter of a few months after that Krampus event, um, Chris and Melissa uh, were then touting the movie that they had just made. They just wrapped the, the principal uh, photography on a, on, on, a, on a movie uh, when uh, they uh, started to record this material. They'd met at the movie. Uh, in the production of the movie, uh, Chris Chris made it. He, he didn't have the money to make it, so you know, basically, he he sold away all the rights to it. It's a great film, by the way. Um, uh, but you know, um, uh, he, he it was it was uh, it, it was well. It, long and short of it is, the movie was called Cool Girl of Cthulhu, and it was a fantastic film. Melissa was cast as the eponymous Cool Girl of oh, wow. Cthulhu, and um, Chris uh, co-wrote it and directed it. And uh, they kind of got uh, interested in working together uh, right after the uh, movie ended, and then they got kind of interested in being married to each other after that. So, <laughs> so it's it's uh, yeah, there's there's a whole backstory to the Vanishing Hitchhikers uh, story, but I like it. I, I like it independently. I think it's good coming to it, you know, sort of from people who have not 
who don't have any backstory and just are just judging it on its merits because mm-hmm. I just see it as part of this continuum of the creative work that they've done together. No, but this album definitely took me on a journey, and um, I'm glad. I'm I'm really thankful that you brought that up, and uh, it's and Johnny, well done Thank as you. usual. And you did. There was one reference that we didn't bring up. Uh, Tori Amos. Yeah. Um, that was, there was, I did definitely get a, a Tori Amos vibe off of some of the vocals, which that is a bad thing. No. Um, but that definitely, when you, when you said that, I couldn't place it, but it kind of took me back to the 90s a little bit yeah. <laughs> with some of those vocals. Yeah. Hail the Vanishing Hitchhikers. Hail. Hail. Check Hail. them out. Support them on Bandcamp. 666 is how you can pick up their digital track, as Johnny said. Yes. And um, don't buy the new Pearl Jam. By the Vanishing Hitchhikers. Yeah. Fuck Pearl Jam. Yes. uh, And yeah. Thank you very much, Johnny. That was awesome. We will be uh, right back. You know what you are? You're the Antichrist. What? Yeah. That's what you are. You are the motherfucking Antichrist. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, That was some kick ass shit right there. Yes. Yes. Let's get weird yes and and by getting weird uh i'm referring to uh our guest and his three of his books that he has authored in the uh, weird book library which as veronica mentioned before was correct me if i'm wrong we've got weird pennsylvania mm-hmm. we've got weird england you are right and weird maryland correct yes all right i did my research yeah. um so on that note we, it's right there in front of you where no i swear it's not on the agenda i promise you um i did make a slide and everything (laughs) but nonetheless uh we are going to give veronica the floor she's got a couple of questions for uh matt around the weird book journey um and maybe one or two stories uh if time allows so valedictorian it's all you um first question how important to the community are public library events and their accessibility uh what is your favorite part about hosting them i've loved public libraries my entire life I wasn't even dragged. I was taken to them <laughs> every week. It was part of the ritual. It was, mm-hmm. part, it was part of the routine. It was part of how I grew up. Um, my mum had had the same, uh, uh, you know, sort of kind of upbringing. She was, you know, she was a voracious reader, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, there was not enough money in the household. There was a lot of kids and stuff, but yeah, and and so there was not enough money in the household to buy every book you were interested in mm-hmm. because you wouldn't even know where to start. So yeah, it was all going down to the public library, and um, uh, I have you know sort of been in and out of them my entire life. I, I there was um, there have been many times when I can't afford to buy books, and when I when I can't to yeah, and so I've got, I get a lot of ideas uh, from uh, from. Yeah, of what I want to read and what I want to pursue from uh, attending uh, local libraries. And then when I found out that, you know, there were a lot of people who talk there as well. And then I was actually invited because I did a lot of research for Weird Pennsylvania in one particular library. They they started inviting me back when the book came out. And Mm. I was staggered at how many people were interested in showing up yeah this little punk jimmy link for example showed up he was, <laughs> this on, the, little punk. He was on he was on the front <laughs> this he little was, punk illustrator <laughs> <laughs> he was on he was on the front row the first talk that i ever gave on the book and i was really nervous and then he, it was him and his and his brother and his mother and you know, his, i think his dad might have been there as well so they were all just you know, they're, they're my neighbors and they were they were sat there and they were they were riveted by it so um that was how i got started in doing it do i think it's important yeah um and not just because i do it you know but because um the number of things that i've um picked up from pennsylvania libraries mm-hmm. 
Um, the, the yeah, they do some great events. They really do. Delaware County is a it, it's a it was a, yeah a particularly good example of how you do it. Oh, one hundred percent. The Free like, Library of Philadelphia also does phenomenal yeah, stuff. It is you, a, you, you and it's yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's a beautiful atmosphere. I oh, mean, yeah. I do have mm-hmm. to you know for all that I for all the negative things I can say about Philadelphia, one of the positive things I can say is is the public library. In Bad Philadelphia. things happen in Philadelphia. Uh, not not in the public library. Just going off of um, that, like the haunts, the lectures uh, to date, you got to pick. I am going to make you pick. What Mm. is your favorite topic to lecture about? And when I say that, I am alluding to like which state. Is it between like Pennsylvania or Maryland or is it? No, but like seriously, (laughs) authentically, uh, what is your favorite topic to uh, lecture about when you do kind of book a night in these public libraries? Weirdly enough. Um, it's not, it's not what you'd think. It, 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 there was a, You mean it's not Pennsylvania? The greatest place on earth? Get out! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> I, one should never pick a favorite child. It's a bad, bad thing. Um, no, I enjoyed, I enjoyed talking about all of those topics, actually. Um, more lately, and this is quite strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the weird book series. Uh, it's yeah, it hasn't there hasn't been one in a while, mm-hmm. and um, I started doing pursuing other um, topics of uh, of, uh, of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I discovered by listening to an audio book um, that the serial killer H. H. Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Who is yeah? This is a big Chicago story. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, he was the yeah he was the first person that you know that is a, a recorded serial killer, mm-hmm. uh, and he had uh, he designed a, a building in uh, Chicago at the time of the Chicago World's Fair in the eighteen nineties. Uh, that was it was like a murder factory kind of a thing. It was you know there were there were shoots that you could put a, a dead body down that led down to the basement there's a dissecting room in the basement right, right. And the, there's a furnace in the basement for just dis- you know for destroying yeah so i thought i thought that was a that was a chicago story uh while listening to the audio book i i, I learned two things this was a the audio book of uh, the devil in the white city by uh, eric larson mm-hmm. who wrote this thing uh I learned first that he 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 wrote an autobiography that he published, and second that he was only tried for one murder, and it was one that he'd committed in Philadelphia. So it was good enough to hang him in Philadelphia. So that's what they did, you know. So so he was uh, he committed a crime on um, uh, on Callow Hill Street. Mm-hmm. He he murdered his um, uh, his uh, business partner and collected on the insurance. But they, he was running all kinds of levels of scam on yeah, top. Yeah, predominantly the murders were for profit. Uh, yeah. It was sort of like a Burke and Hare scam. Oh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, he, he, he was like a pig farmer as well. You know? Yeah. He made money on all kinds of different elements of it. You know, there, there would be – he would uh, get them to sign over property to him and then there would be life insurance that he would collect on and then he'd – uh, he'd articulate their bones and sell the bones to um, the medical establishments. All kinds of weird stuff going on. The reason that that it, this has become of late anyway a topic that I, I really like talking about is that it's a, there's a Delaware County aspect to it. Yeah, he wound up. Getting, he's buried here. He's he's buried in Yaden. Yeah, absolutely right. And so I got all this stuff together and I, I put out a little edition of H. H. Holmes's writing about himself. And thought that was going to be it. Um, uh, I thought, literally, I thought that was going to be the end of the story. And then his great great grandson, Holmes's great great grandson, a fellow called Jeff Mudgett, 
petitioned the Delaware County Orphans Court for permission to dig up the body and have forensic tests done on it to prove that it actually was H.H. Holmes or, as his great-great-grandson hoped, wasn't H.H. Holmes, so that he could – so that he could – Basically, so that he could tout this story that he wanted to do, he was also he he had a he had a, an eight part mini series on uh, on the History Channel mm-hmm. called American Ripper, where he was talking about Holmes, and he wanted the exhumation was going to be a big part of this. So when that came out, this little book that I put together started getting really popular, <laughs> and, and, and people, you know, literally people were calling up and saying, you know, "Can you can you talk about this? Can you can you come on the news channel and give us some color commentary on it?" And I mean, all kinds of stuff like that yeah, happened. Yeah. And it, there are so many as, different aspects to this story that I like. Um, that uh, that uh, yeah, I, I like that one a lot. It is crazy. I mean, it, it's even you get into, you get even into, I'm not all the way familiarized with Holmes. Um, but like I I you know I know enough to know that he's definitely one of the earliest recorded. And mm-hmm. what's different, you know, not for the kind of pleasure aspect and the addiction, but you know, for the profit, the profit aspects of it right. too. That's that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know how it carries over state lines, and then. Back to our little Yaden. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but the de- there are so many details. There are so many details about um, archaeology, about how you dig up bodies, about mm-hmm. how you do forensic testing on ancient remains. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there are uh, other – there's a lot of different aspects to the story. So I like, I like – I, I might deliver a lecture on it and talk about DNA matching and how that works. Mm-hmm. Or it might be uh, just the, the outrageous things that, that uh, he did. After he was in, after he was incarcerated, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so it, there's a that's a really rich topic to 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 um, dig around in. Yeah. So yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah, that's basically what I've been talking about a lot lately. So just just things like that, you know. I, I, I have wanted a question. to know. Can I ask a question? Yeah, no sure. problem. Um, have you ever had somebody in your audience like leave because you scared them too much? Or you freaked them out and they just had to get up and leave the room? <laughs> um, I have had people leave because I was getting, I was going on too long. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, sometimes people bring kids into the, uh, into the, into the audience and like really small children, like, yeah, children who are like three and four years old. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, Respectfully enough that I'm not going to be talking about, you know, disemboweling or what have you in front of uh, small children. Um, but yeah, th- there's that moment when they think, oh, weird, that, that sounds like it would be kind of fun. There's a, there's a children's book series by this uh, guy out in New Jersey called the, with the Weird Kids or something like that. The Weird, My Weird School. Uh, it, it, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of children. His name's Jim something. It's pretty good stuff, actually. Yeah, I, I rather like the guy. I've actually, mm-hmm. met, I've actually met him. And, you know, so like, it was a clash of the weirds and it was kind of fun. <laughs> um, he, um, uh, you know, so th- people come in thinking it's going to be, like for little kids, and I've, I've had little kids. And I kind of like, you know, I like dealing. I used to work in a school. I, you know, I like being around the, the small ones. Um, but um, yeah, when your topic of conversation is a notorious serial killer, there's really no way of getting around. You know, the, you're exhuming a body. The yeah, you know, the, the the body has been encased. Oh, this is a, an interesting little detail about the burial. You know, it was, it was encased in a capsule made of um, of um, of uh, cement. So yeah, he was. His, wow. He was. He was. He was 
Oh, so nobody would steal his body? Exactly. Okay. Not going Ex- anywhere for a while, huh? Except, yeah, no one's going to steal his body except his great-great-grandson, <laughs> yeah. who insisted upon this happening. So, yeah, and then, yeah, when you talk about chipping through this into this stew that's been anaerobically processing for 120 years, <laughs> and the, the things like the smell that you bring this, the, you know, there, there are some people who get grossed out by that. Right. And other people just love it. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm just seeing the ones go, oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I get a little carried away with my subject, and then I see people going green and taking out paper bags and heaving <laughs> into it. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe I get yeah. <clears throat> So spoiler alert, was he in the grave? <laughs> Depends who you ask. Oh. <laughs> if you ask, if you ask scientists and rational people, yes. Okay. If you if you ask the guy that commissioned it, uh, who's got skin in the game and really needs it not to be, uh, then no, there's not enough evidence. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, because yeah, actually, yeah, there are actually some 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 compelling reasons that uh, that Jeff Mudgett has for not believing it's that he's the not believing that it's his great great grandfather. Uh, so it's not entirely lunatic fringe stuff that he comes out with. But you know, on the other hand, you know, you, you just want to say let it go, Jeff. You know. <laughs> you said, oh, and you said this was a show on history. Yeah, it was called American yeah, Ripper. Put that yeah. shit on Plex, man. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Thank you, Bill. The Thank satan- you, Bill. The Satanic Plex server. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, just exiting off of that, Johnny has a few questions of his own that I, he wants to ask Matt. So I please, do. Johnny. Uh, I guess we'll start with um, who were your mentors or your heroes growing up? Well, there was this incredibly stuffy old guy called John Lake. Oh. He was my dad. Uh, <laughs> and he would, no, he was, th- there was this classic line of, you know, when, when you're a teenager, your dad is the dumbest person you know. But by the time you hit your 20s, he seems to have learned a lot. Oh, sure, no, no, no. Absolutely. I'm still 24 and he's still the dumbest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, my old mum is a great storyteller, a great reader. Awesome. And, um, uh, I didn't even realize this, but you know the the, the media gothic um, yes. walking tour that that Laurie and I do. I know. You did. I was just um, a part of it, but that <laughs> <laughs> that walking tour, I was on it, and then I went back to uh, to to England to it was to deal with my mother's um, my mother's funeral actually, and yeah. uh, we went back. Um, I. Um, I found a bunch of papers in which, you know, my dad did walking tours as well. And it was like, oh, yeah, right. So, yeah, I'm just basically emulating the guy. Um, uh, anyway, as I was saying, um, uh, yeah, he was he was kind of a great influence. And then I, I had a, a lot of really, really eccentric teachers. I mean, deeply, deeply eccentric people that that, um, that were quite brilliant. Um, my history teacher, when I went to the big school, I was 12 years old. He would uh, yeah, th- just to give you an idea of the kind of weirdness, the, you know, uh, the, 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 that I was subjected to as a, as a twelve-year-old. Um, he uh, he went around the he went around the room handing out the notebooks that we were going to be you know writing in, and, and as he, he, he walked around the school, serpentine fashion, uh, walked around the desk, serpentine fashion, and said, "Evidence, evidence." <laughs> evidence, evidence, and we didn't know what he was doing. Is evidence, 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 and then he, and then he went round the room uh, and said, um, 
uh, write on these books. Do not write on these books until I tell you. He said, write your name, last name first, then write, then put a comma, then insert your uh, the uh, initial of your first name followed by a full stop as a period. Uh, and then if you have a second name, uh, uh, do the same uh, in capital letters and follow it by it. And then if you have subsequent middle names, write the initials to each of them followed by a full stop. And okay, and then he said, "Now," and he went around the room and had us read the names out. You know, yours. Uh, what does yours say? Uh, Lake MJ, sir. Lake. Do you have any brothers, Lake? Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, did they go to the school? Yes, sir. A N and N J. Yes, sir. M J Lake, brother of A N and N J. Do not be like your brothers. Brilliant mind. Really, I mean, a deeply, deeply organized, a great recall, uh, but really strange. <laughs> your so, reputation precedes you by your brothers. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, oh, by, by the time my little brother you know, came down there, RDF Lake, RDF Lake, brother of ANNJ and MJ. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Was it RDF? RDF. We already know you. Shut up. <laughs> um, so those guys, yeah, they they, they were they were peculiar um, and and brilliant as well. So you know, it, it was it was it was it was like a show listening to these people. Okay, and then of course there were radio broadcasters I listened to a lot. John Peel, man, John Peel was genius. Um, uh, yeah, when everyone else, yeah, the music that I would listen to would be the stuff, stuff that was the wallpaper, the stuff that you would mm -hmm. hear, and then you start listening to John Peel, who is this, yeah, you know, sort of. Are you familiar with John Peel? Okay, um, he broke all these different genres on Radio One in England, and he didn't have a playlist. So eight o'clock until midnight every night of the week, he would play. All sorts of stuff. People would send him in demos. He would play you know, the demos. And he, he broke. He was the first person to play Hendrix on the British broadcasting. Oh, he, was, nice. he, was the, he was the first person to play The Doors. He was the first person to play uh, Joan Armour Trading. Uh, the first person to play a whole bunch of things. Uh, Sex Pistols. Oh. Um, uh, uh, Black, Black, Black Flag. Black Uhuru. Um, so, you know, so he, he, he just like, he, he, he really deeply loved music and not just a single genre of music. He broke all kinds of different bands. Nice. And, uh, he completely ignored others. Like, yeah, but like Oasis, he, he said, yeah, I, I don't need to play. Although, you know, it, it was the kind of music he probably might have. He said, they don't need me. So he would wind up playing people like my, my college roommates and, uh, and, uh, yeah, other people in my year, some of whom actually did get famous, you know, so, uh, the Sisters of Mercy, for example, mm -hmm. were, in my, were in my intake in, in, in the University of Leeds. So, you know, they were, yeah, so, yeah, so people like that, very eclectic minds. Those, those people are my heroes. Okay. I, I listen to them all the time. Um, how have the weird books and your knowledge of the occult changed your life, both? <laughs> Professionally and personally. Well, I can't work in a, in a school full of uh, like kindergartners anymore. But no, <laughs> weirdly enough, I was actually working in a in a in a school when when it broke, uh, and um, these like fourth graders and fifth graders were like, oh, "Mr. Lake, Mr. Lake, we've got your book." And it's like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to keep quiet about it. Have, has it changed my life? Um, it was I, – I wrote principally about science and um, technology uh, up until that point. 
Um, I, I wound up editing some of the weird stuff, and I loved it, obviously. Uh, but I never thought you could make a living at it. I thought it was right. something, something I was going to have to squeeze into the into the into the corners. But for about eight years, that was a, that was a really quite a good, good gig for me. It helped put my kids through school and what have you. So, nice. changed my life in the sense that it funded my funded my children's upbringing and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, professionally, it uh, it kind of nudged me into a different type of writing, much more narrative storytelling writing rather than. Um, um, There's a certain narrative flow to most nonfiction, you know, which is all well, I, I don't do fiction. I, I do nonfiction mm-hmm. almost exclusively. So, um, yeah, so it, it definitely changed that. It was, and once again, it's dealing with very eclectic um, uh, writers because a lot of people did contribute to this. When my name's on the front of the book, but you know, there's a lot of individual articles that were written by other sure. people that I edited together into the into the volume. So uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was very much like that. It was it was a broadening of horizons. So you were always into uh, things like Krampus and things that go bump in the night, you know, even as a child, or did that grow as you got older? Um, I I liked a good scare. The Hammer horror films were like the they were they were always on on a Saturday night. Still love them to this day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you know, I will be watching those things and you know, sort of being too scared to climb the stairs. I have to ask one of my brothers to, mm-hmm. to, to walk up with me, which was embarrassing because I was like 22. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's no shame in that. <laughs> um, but um, oh, well, yeah, the other, the other great uh, nexus of, uh, of, of detail was that I, 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 I my school, when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, my school was next to the hospital uh, and next to a graveyard. So there was there was a hospital at my school and a graveyard all right around each other. And even then, I was thinking it can't be much fun going to a hospital with a graveyard right next to it because it'll just remind you of what might go yeah, wrong. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. And then I was, uh, yeah. So someone's trying to send you a message. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. might make it. <laughs> Fifty-fifty. Yeah. So <laughs> with that, with, with with that with that level, and of course, weirdness sort of drips off the walls in 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 England anyway. The, the markets, mm-hmm. the market square um, of the town that my parents retired to. I've been there loads of times as a kid, and there's a historical marker up there talking about how they they you know sort of like publicly burned witches in that in that marketplace. There's a plaque wow. up on the wall there saying this, and then how um, the founder of the Quakers. Um, George Fox um, uh, once walked into that market square with no coat on in the middle of winter and yelled woe unto the bloody city of Litchfield until people like avoided him <laughs> so he, he basically so this is the place that I grew up in so it's, if it's there you know it just it soaks in you don't realize it at the time and then I had to make a you know I had to make my way in the world so I was I was concentrating on science things and publishing things and you know sort of like structured things and then when <laughs> when the floodgates opened with the weird thing it was like oh yeah there's a there's 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 a marble sculpture of a full-on skeleton sitting on top of a uh a a memorial of a you know sort of somebody just down the road from where i grew up and people are going seriously it's like yeah just this is is england (laughs) where i am all right so one more uh, and then we'll wrap up um i guess we'll we'll end on your choice um you can you can talk about uh did you have a favorite Christmas story growing up or what was your funniest road experience? 
Your choice. Mm. Or both. Okay. I can answer both. Go for and, it. And, the, and there are there are common threads. My favorite Christmas story was A Christmas Carol, specifically the one with um, George Sim. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, um, uh, that was – it was – Filmed in 1949 or whatever. It's sometimes just called Scrooge or Scrooge or a Christmas Carol. And, um, it was my favorite because, um, it was, uh, it had ghosts in it and it was a Christmas story and everything else was very saccharine. Right. And there were some really terrifying scenes in that, you know, and, and, you know, the actor is horrified, terrified and he's being pointed to a grave that's got his name on it. He falls into an open grave with his name on it and it's Christmas. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that was my favorite, uh, favorite story. And my favorite road story is actually Jimmy Link when we were doing Mm -hmm. the Krampus. Um, uh, we we were going around, so, you know, basically touting the Krampus, doing events for the Krampus Night of the Krampus book, and um, uh, we would we would drive. It was a fair distance. We'd go to Baltimore. We'd be a couple of hours in the car. We actually did one Christmas where we dressed up as I went. I dressed up as a traditional Saint Nicholas, and he and his brother dressed up as Krampuses, and we walked around the streets. For three weekends. Oh, that was awesome. fantastic. Nice. Yeah, to try, you know, it's these things that you do to draw attention to your, to your works. <laughs> um, but, uh, we did that and we spent a lot of time just sitting around talking about how we hated the elf on the shelf <laughs> <laughs> to the extent that we came up with 50 different ways to, to get rid of the elf on the shelf. Nice. None of which, were, <laughs> oh, God. none of which included the, uh, the, uh, the story of the, uh, you know, this, the, the, are, are we going to see this video at any point? Is it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, the, yeah, the, 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 the Reverend, uh, yeah, the Reverend Al over here came up with a, with a, a really rather wonderful idea. Um, and so, yeah, none of these include that, but they did, they did include, um, a buried with a stake of holly through his heart, which is a line from, from, uh, a line of, um, uh, Christmas Carol, right? From exactly. a Christmas Carol, yeah. Uh, if anybody with goodwill towards men is buried with a stake <laughs> of holly through his heart. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, um, <sighs> <laughs> there was um there was there was another line as well so two of the two of the means of getting rid of the elf on the shelf were was taken straight from the christmas carol mm-hmm. so there you go fire <laughs> does work yes, oh, uh, boiled in a boiled oh that's right yes Bo- <laughs> Boiled with his own pudding. Yes. Boiled with yes, his own pudding yes, yes. or buried with the steak of holly through his heart. So those, those are two ways that we got rid of the elf. Thank the you, oh, thank Ebenezer. You. Thank you. I can tell you from personal experience, elves don't burn. They just melt. <laughs> and combust. And look at you the entire time. <laughs> All right. I am I am going to steal this from Johnny and ask you. one last... I know Krampus is coming for me, but... Ask one last question because I think it's very relevant to fiction and nonfiction writers alike out there. Um, and, you know, we Satanists are pretty creative people on average. <laughs> so I found. Um, but it's it's basically like when you sit down to write something, when you get a job, uh, can you talk about just the research that you do and, you know, the people that talk to like your resources? Um, any advice for aspiring writers out there, too? That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I thought so too, Johnny. <laughs> um I would I didn't have the luxury to say no to any assignment. <laughs> uh and because I, you know, sort of like needed 
you know, physically needed to be able to, you know, feed the kids, mm-hmm. um, I would say yes to everything, including stuff I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's a certain level of panic involved when you really don't know what, you know, what uh, what it is, but it's a great impetus to learn. Um, my favorite my favorite story about which I had no idea was was uh, someone called me from uh, w- wanting to know how the, uh, the 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 first and ten line on a football field when they when they're doing the football broadcasts. There's a little yellow line that appears. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- uh, how it was done? Yeah. And, uh, Magic. Yeah, it was. A, it's the first, first, and, f- first down and first and ten line, and I was, I was scribbling, scribbling away frantically, and uh, and sort of saying, yeah, absolutely. What's the time? What's the deadline? You know, sort of, yeah. How many words do you need? Blah blah blah. You know, all the all the classic housekeeping questions when you're being asked to write something. And then I hung up and I called up my brother-in-law and said, "What's a first and ten line? What's the?" Because I knew nothing about football. I'd never seen a football game. No, I didn't even watch anything except the ads at Super Bowl games either. So I, I literally had no idea what I was I doing. I do. I have. I'm not going to tell it now, but I have a funny story about the uh, the penalty flags that they throw down. I thought I, I didn't know that they were penalty flags, so I asked a stupid question, and I never heard the end of it, and I never will. But continue. Well, I ask a lot of <laughs> stupid questions, and I don't care whether people laugh at me if yeah. if, if it gives me the story, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, as I as I said with the 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 the, uh, the, the first time I worked with Laurie, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she corrected a couple of minor errors that I'd made and added something that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And everyone snickered. And I thought, that's great, because now I know something more. And we've got the audience, you know, sort of like in the palm of our hands. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is the reason that I've worked with this woman now for about seven years or something mm-hmm. uh, on a lot of different projects. And it's always been fun. Is that, you know, there's always something more to learn. So, you know, my process is to find an expert and badger them until they tell me something <laughs> and then and then um and then you know read the hell out of it if it's yeah you know, if it's been published and then find out as you read everything that's ever been published on a subject how it's yeah what the source was and then ignore everything that except for the source and just read the read the source um because as you as you look around there's a there's a lot of you can you can tell that you know many stories and many legends come from one source and that source can be flawed and until you read the the, the source then you don't know you know what the uh, what the parameters and then you read around it all right matt thank you wow. thank you matt i had a great time nerding yes. out with you <laughs> i'll drink to that all right well i'll just take off my propeller beanie now thanks thanks <laughs> thanks, thanks for loosening my bonds i'm about to make my escape <laughs> Now, before we start talking about our social media, uh, how can people find you on? Do you have any social media presence, or is there a way to easily find your works and material? Um, I don't. I don't really have that much of a. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm on. I'm on Facebook, and uh, and uh, and I tweet a bit, not much. Um, uh, media Gothic is is the latest project I'm working on, and that's a domain. You can go to mediagothic.com, and that will direct to you know, sort of like. Uh, events that you know I'm, i i put on uh and um you can find me on facebook i'm i'm, I'm that matt lake on facebook <laughs> excellent all right so on that note it is time to dive in to remind our listeners how to find us on social media um first and foremost we'll start with uh, mr zuckerberg and his data mining machine facebook um <laughs> fuck the zuck we are at satanic study hall really super easy to find you can also join our interactive community on facebook which we like to call the goat farm by searching satanic study hall presents the goat farm 
There you'll be able to interact with all of the other listeners that are on there as well as us. We try to be as active as possible. Moving on to Instagram, we are at Satanic Study Hall. Then we have Twitter. There we are at Satanic SH. That's um, capital S A T A N. I see capital S capital H. Did I say that right? Yes. Yes. All right, yes. Good. I'm, and I'm the tired. Capitalizations do make a difference. They do make a difference. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Give us a follow and check us out on there. All right. And then we have our Patreon. Patreon. We Ooh. talked about that earlier. That is patreon.com slash satanic study hall. Um, in the interest of time, we are going to fly through our VIP supporters. As promised, you always get a shout out on our episodes um, when you're a $20 super fucking satanic VIP patron. So moving on right down the list, and it looks like it's alphabetical outside of some pseudonyms that I'll drop. We have Father Al. We have John Milton. What's up, John Milton? Carlos. Carlos is a new patron. Cody. Dan, why not? Dan got a big kick of me uh, calling his name out in my Hulk Hogan voice the other day. Um, so <laughs> what's up, Dan? Uh, then we've got Duncan and Kat. What's up, Kat? We got up? we Woo! got your presents hey, today. Love you. Yes, we, yes did. we did. So when you hear this, this was the day that they came in the mail. Thank you for everything, Kat. Manaz the left. What's up, Manaz? Misty's Coventry. We talked about Misty's Coventry earlier. Neanderthal 10. Sybil. And I always, always, always shout out our first Blind Faith supporter, Allie. Woo. What's up, Allie? I missed you on a couple episodes, but I will not do it again. Allie was Patreon subscriber number one. Thank you, Skip Sybil. I said Sybil. Did you? I yeah. did. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Sybil. Hi. Sybil's super fucking Congratulations awesome. on your Papa Man. Yes. Yes. Woo. Good stuff. So, again, thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you to everybody who's following us on social media. Uh, it's been a blast, and it continues to be. We're going to have some um, some giveaways here coming up, and we are also going to continue our monthly Zoom sessions on the goat farm. So if you have time, even if it's for five minutes, when you see the event pop in, say hello. Anything else that we missed on this awesome fucking episode of Satanic Study Hall? Any pressing business? I don't think so. Anybody have any shout-outs, special thanks, anything that we need to go over? Just a huge thanks to Matt Lake for joining us tonight. Yes, Matt. Thank you so much, Matt. This has been an awesome Thank you, thank you. so fun. So educational. (laughs) Happy Soul Invictus, everyone. It's a holiday about, like, uh, seeking knowledge. And look what we've done. I'm so happy. (laughs) Yes, it's been a... been a, Hail Satan! It's been a ridiculous journey. Uh, I do have some special thanks. Um, As always, I want to shout-out everybody that's... uh, that worked to put together virtual headquarters, invite us, and all the work that entails that whole experience. That is fantastic. Uh, our friends over at TST NYC, as always, super supportive on social media. Uh, Love City Satanists. Uh, Richie over at Rock and Roll Knife Fight. Uh, you can check out his stuff at rockandrollknifefight.com. Definitely He's- got a bunch of my better holiday presents from rock and roll night fight richie's also in the go farm yes always support small business um and of course there's people that i'm forgetting everybody that supports satanic study hall that's been on here our recent guests mason hargett Stephen bradford long uh, aria de satanis uh and many more to come we've got some surprises in the works for all of you here at satanic study hall so that wraps everything up once again matt it's been a pleasure thank you for being in class with us today um the krampus carol will be inserted somewhere in this episode in this episode in this episode in this episode
Deck the halls with birchwood switches. La 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 la. Krampus laugh is here now, witches. La 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 la. Round the streets we run with horns on. La 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 la. Rise before us la 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 Crack the whip and join the chorus la 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 Follow us in vicious measure la 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 Gives a Krampus pleasure. La 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 la. What the fuck? Fast around the Krampus passes. La 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 la. I don't fucking know. They probably already heard it already. <laughs> Either way, I had a lot of fun doing it, and thank you all for participating. Please come back anytime. And just yes. so you know, oh, I love the sound of that. That cramp, <laughs> that Krampus Carol was fantastic, and it was written by Matt. He has a whole book of them. Um, so thank you again for allowing us to sing that with you. That was that, that was, was great. Fun. That was a blast. Please pick up Night of the Krampus. Yes, yeah. Night of the Krampus. Check that out. It is available on the um, Jeff Bezos machine, Amazon. Oh God, oh, I'm afraid so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm printing up other copies that are going to be available elsewhere. But uh, I'm just I, I just sold the last of the first print run, which oh. was you know I I I, printed, I had a small printer to put it out so. 400 of those copies went, but it is on the Bezos machine. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, for you Pennsylvania natives like myself and you non-Pennsylvania natives, please pick up Media Gothic. I did get the privilege of flipping through it, reading a little bit, and uh, wow. Thank wow. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool, guys. Um, yeah, just absorb as much as you can. All right, y'all, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for being here. Hail 
Satan. Ave Satanus. Ave Satanus. Hail Satan. Finally. Woo! Yes, sir. Dismissed.